dead animals. Hundreds of them. This is not good, guys. Can we get out of here? Which way? Come on. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? There's no breeze. It could be any one of these tunnels. Take your pick. Oh, oh fuck it. Hello! Please. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Hello! Is What's everybody up? there? Hi, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast. I am Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And I'm Sarah. Oh, God. Ooh. Sarah's... Oh. Whoa. What is that, wow. what is that did you bring, sweet sound? Did you bring your own microphone this time? I may have stolen it out of your equipment. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was wondering... I've been looking for that for didn't like the you, past 15 minutes. Didn't you notice her setting this up over here? <laughs> she did a damn good job. First All by myself. First she steals the microphone, then she's going to steal your heart. Ooh. <laughs> Watch out, boys. I gotta go, fellas. <laughs> Sarah, let's get out of this joint. Hey, what's new, guys? Uh, so this is—I didn't say this is episode twenty-eight. Yeah. Wow. Do you? I mean, do you have to say ben it every time? Old no, Joe. I guess I don't. I always do. Yeah. I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone. No oh, numbers. Right. So what's been new, man? <laughs> um, I'm excited. Why? I have the opportunity within the hour to cross off like a a holy grail <laughs> item on my my collecting. Uh, in my collecting world. And that yeah. is what? what? Uh, so in 1981, this little film called The Evil Dead Never heard premiered yeah, for the very up? first time in a little theater, well, a decently large theater, uh, called the Redford Theater in Redford, Michigan. At the time, it was known not as Evil Dead, but Book of the Dead, right? Mm-hmm. And so this movie, which is responsible for for countless and countless inspirations for Tauntly, like they, they, it's it's like the it's what started this whole generation of a lot of filmmakers. It was the Evil Dead. That was the movie that really sparked everybody into wanting to make movies or whatever, right? Right. So it's a piece of cinema history. Was the the very first premiere of this movie, and it's always been on my my hit list. Come a big Evil Dead collector is to get my hands on these tickets, like actual ticket stubs from that night from that movie, and there is a pair online. There's four of them total. Yeah. Uh, and they're online, and they never come up for auction, and they're relatively inexpensive. How much are they? They're sitting at fifty bucks right now. That's I've like seen 12, them fifty a piece. It's like I've standard seen movie them go. Race. I've That's seen them bad. go for two hundred plus. It's, it's four, four. Yeah, it's two reds, two uh, greens. Good thing this isn't live right now because everybody would go online. And I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually thinking about doing it just just to fuck with them. Spite. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. It's already at fifty. A couple days ago, when I first found them, they were at twenty. Oh, man. And now, granted, I would spend whatever if I had the disposable income. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not always the case. So, and I'm, I'm just buying pieces of paper. I don't know how much I'm going to actually want to spend on them, but we'll see. So, if, in less than an hour, either if, we're going to break or I'm going to buy these online on air. So, we'll we'll see. If you come <laughs> come to my house and take all the empties out of my garage and take them back, and you can have the money. <laughs> Because that is a challenge I'm not looking forward to. Because there's like two years worth of empties in my garage right now. 57 minutes, 15 seconds. Either that or like three months and we're alcoholics. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyway, uh, while Mike is waiting and watching his 
dumb auction for oh, his stupid mouth. tickets. Uh, we will be talking about well, it's uh, it's February. We we've been talking all all month about uh, women in horror. Mm-hmm. Women we've in been, horror. We've been doing our top six lists and uh, and and just talking about all kinds of badass ladies in horror. So for this final episode in February. It's uh, all about the ladies. It's all about the ladies tonight. Either whether it be director, whether it be casting, whether it be you know anything else that these like female centric movies in in general, you know, like movies with strong female casts, and mm-hmm. uh, and we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it. Yep. And that's why Sarah has her own microphone tonight. Yeah. It's not. Ladies a, night. It's not actually. It's just we. Why does Sarah have her own microphone? <laughs> because you guys need to be corrected. Oh, okay. oh that's good. <laughs> That's good. And this might be the last time that we have Sarah in studio for quite a while. It might. Yeah. For uh, a little while. J-Raj and Sarah will be moving soon, and uh, and it's kind of a drive. So yeah, About 20 miles. Yeah, so we don't know if she's going to want to And with the amount for... of uh, liquor you guys drink, I don't think that anyone wants to drive home. We don't drink. What are you talking about? As long as Jay can still say those ABCs backwards, he'll Dude. be fine. <laughs> Z-Wax of you viewed T-Soccer P.O. Monkey J. Chief at DCBA. It sounded like you said something about Soccer Mom Monkey. That was exactly... Soccer Mom Monkey. Ask him back. So uh, today, in honor of the women in horror, we are drinking from Keweenaw Brewing Company. It's a new one. Uh, still from Michigan. Still from Michigan. One. From South Range, Michigan. Uh, it's a UP. Um, this is a UP-based beer. Uh, it, it's called Pickaxe Blonde Ale. So it's uh, it's got a, a picture of a, a blonde lady on the front, and she's I've holding a pickaxe, which uh, for our purposes, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, pickaxes like, have a lot, uh, well, a couple a lot of week, history in horror. A couple <laughs> weeks ago, we talked about uh, Harry Warden and the mm-hmm. My Bloody Valentine movies, and he kills everybody with a pickaxe. I'm so. Pretty certain there's a few pickaxe murders in like the Jason movies. Uh, yeah, is, is there? there? I don't know. You probably shouldn't say that until you know for sure. Sarah, where were you on that oh. correction, huh? <laughs> Where I was actually you? thinking about how I've actually been to this brewery before. Oh, you have? Yes, I have been there. It's really good. It's been about five five years, but I've seen these, it's up by Michigan Tech. <clears throat> I've seen these oh, cans okay. on the shelf. Not just the pickaxe blonde, but they have. Uh, uh, didn't you? Sh- did you send me another picture of one of theirs today? Um, was that ginger one? No, that was a different one. I've seen I've seen the Keweenaw Brewing Company on the shelf a lot, and I've I've always thought the packaging looks really cool, but I've never actually tried it. So I'm excited to try this. <clears throat> uh, there is a little blurb on the side of the can. The Keweenaw Brewing Company, located in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, for the Youpers, uh, <laughs> was founded with the goal of turning beer drinkers into craft beer lovers. Pickaxe Blonde is the highest bodied in our family of ales, a slightly malty American blonde ale with just a kiss of hops from a fi- from a family of fine ales. All right. What's the uh, APV on this bad boy? Oh, I don't know. Does it say? It doesn't say. It does not say. Oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> you could I'm not look... sure this is the kind of mystery we want, though. <laughs> <laughs> you could look that up for us, Sarah, I if you want. I bought it. All right. All right. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I thought I was... Thought I was gonna have some spillage there. All right, so cheers to you guys. I'm gonna make you come to me because this is the third week that I have almost cheers. destroyed Justin's computer. Yeah, he goes to like fake put something down on it, and then a giant piece of ice flies off the bottom of it right onto the keyboard. Yeah, so I'm gonna stay on my side. <laughs> and by side giant, of the table I mean here. big enough to notice. Four point seven percent. Four point seven. It's basically it's water. Ooh, it's good though. Mm-hmm. It um. It tastes like um. Ooh, 
I'd drink that again. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a chugging beer. Like, so we had like a little, I'm going to finish the, the So speaking of the right beer now. that we're drinking, uh, we had a little uh, little fight, if you will, on our Instagram today. We did. Over our beer selection from last week. Oh, our, you mean our cider of selection. Our cider of selection, yes. Um, apparently there are, there are some, some fans of ours. We'll call them fans of ours. Fans, friends. friends I mean, what's, what's, whatever. what's the difference? We don't really have fans or friends. And, We're all uh, just a big family. This is the first family. time that we've drank yeah. something, and people what's have up, actually fam? been vocal though about how they actually did have had <clears throat> what we've had, and they did not like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, it still wasn't our favorite we've ever had, but we still enjoyed it. Uh, bag the nematode is Pat, right? Yeah. So he said, because you know, uh, um, Black Philip. Yes. <laughs> There's me again, not being able to come <laughs> up with the words. Uh, Black Philip is obviously from the witch, yep. the Vavitch, and uh, and and it was a a, a blood orange and cranberry cider. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Good movie, terrible cider." Yep. And we all we all disagree. I think he said that it tasted like the the Vavitch's butthole. Well, no, that was that was our friend Rob who <laughs> oh, said that, that afterwards. <laughs> so I liked it a lot. Oh, I so here's you. here's something weird. Have you ever heard of uh, ASMR? ASMR. Yeah, I can't mm. think of what it what it means right now. Can you look up ASMR for me? It's this. Uh, Why haven't we had her here all the time? I know, this is we awesome. can just ask her to look stuff up for us. <laughs> it's it's something something meridian response. Uh, um, and it, it's like people who, like your brain actually, if you hear certain sounds that are really appealing, you'll get this sensation in the top of your head, like a tingling sensation, and then it kind of works your works its way down your body. Mm-hmm. There's like Instagram uh, accounts dedicated to this and stuff where people just crinkle like plastic wrap and stuff and it's it's not like a fetish thing or like a sexual thing it's literally it's it's supposed to be for like stress relief or is it or is it (laughs) and apparently that line from the witch is super like people who are into asmr are super into that line live life deliciously well because the way he delivers it he's like he's like um what's that I know what it is. It's and the pops. It's the pops on the syllables. Because well, when you did I it think just now, I think it's actually like the when he says De- deliciously. <laughs> it's, to me, it sounds creepy. But I mean, I just popped something. But I mean, it's ooh, still weird. Ooh, I popped. <laughs> I actually do have. I actually do, I get that sometimes. Like, do you ever hear a sound and it just like gives you the chills? You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. It, that's what it is. Have you found it yet? Yes. What it's it, the autonomous sensory meridian response. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Say that ten times fast. And autonomous meridian. It's a tingly experience. Say autonomous sensory meridian response. <laughs> it's a tingly experience characterized by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine, precipitating relaxation. There's so there's that on the opposite end of the spectrum. There's actually some things that people say that uh, make me want to hurt them. Like if somebody whispers the word cupcake. Oh god! <laughs> I hate that. Monster I don't know what cupcake. it is. It's something about those two c- c- sounds. Out of smear of cupcake on your sternum. <laughs> this is the first episode I've not wanted to have headphones. I want, I want Can I give up my headphones? Cupcake <laughs> on your clavicle. Uh, oh, oh god! <laughs> well, no, okay. Anyway, oh, let's, yeah, let's move on. So before, uh, we, before we before we move on, though, I need to apologize. If you hear this uh, slightly witchy, wheezy cackle coming from me all night, um, you should have had it last week. I should have. Oh yeah, you're right for the witch episode. About yeah. No, I was an idiot, and uh, in the middle of February, end of February, decided to go running. Well, it was 60 uh, degrees was, out today. It was to be fair, unseasonably warm in Michigan. So mm-hmm. I figured that I was safe. In the 10 to 15 minutes that I was out, though, 
the temperature probably dropped about <clears throat> 20 degrees, and my asthma is kicking my ass right now. Such so, a kicking your asthma. It is. Such a nerd. So if you so if you if you're hearing like <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I know. Almost just it just triggered my <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> that's just me dying. That's that's why I point that out. Um I uh it, it was unseasonably warm. We're so, we're actually supposed to have like we're supposed to be on the watch for tornadoes tomorrow. Ooh, shitting I love me? tornadoes. Yeah. Wow. So I've never get, seen one. Might get kind of gnarly around here. I have seen one up in Bad Axe once, and it was scary as hell. <sighs> it's cool when it's off in the distance, that's, that's but it's what, that's still scary. That's how I want to see it. I want to see it way off in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> in, like, in like the middle of the water where there's no like boaters or anything like that. Oh, like a water spout? Yeah, like yeah. that. It's just somewhere where no one gets hurt. That's uh, actually, cool. we saw those. You saw those over... Um, Lake St. Clair, Lake didn't St. Clair you? last no, year. I, I never saw them. I saw pictures of it. Oh, I thought, I thought it was you that took those pictures. We had them last year, didn't we? Uh, it was a couple of years ago, the ones I'm thinking of. Oh, we okay. might have had them last year, too, though. Um, the one that I said, mine was a funnel cloud that I said I don't think it ever saw, touched the ground. Great. But no, I want ca- funnel cakes. But Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Do you have any corrections um, from last week? Sort of. Uh, it, it, it's a... It's a extension of something that we talked about okay. last week. And I, yeah, it's a correction because yeah, I was yeah, yeah. wrong. Because right. I was wrong. I gave you shit about uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, uh, I did some research because I was I was curious about it after we talked to it and after I listened back to it. Uh-huh. So tell and me, apparently right. it does work. Yeah. Now, granted, I've never seen it in real life, so that's only half true until I see it. But Dude, if, if we get some people, <laughs> to, if we get enough people together, we can try. It. It's not hard to do. Um, apparently, it does work, and, it, and and oddly enough, right on the heels of us doing that episode, Blumhouse.com posted an article all about light as a feather, stiff as a board, and why the theories around why it actually works and this and that. It's you know an why? interesting read. It's because Blumhouse.com listens to the Buzzkill oh, podcast. Dang, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and when we try that, can we bring my Ouija board out too? And finally <clears> no. Yes. Thing? Please. Yes. No. I haven't used them since I was like nine. Oh, can we go, can we go use the Ouija board at your new place? No. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, um, that's that's pretty much all I got though. Uh, just a couple things from me. Uh, you were right last week. You said something about. I'm sorry. Ha- say that again. You were right. For once in last your life, week. for once in your <laughs> despicable life, you were right. You hey. said something about the apples in the witch, and I mm-hmm. thought it was cherries. It was apples. So anyway. you're probably thinking of cherry tree because they do the cherries. Yeah, in cherry probably. Tree. Um, also, just uh, just just uh, just to extend on what we were talking about in the witch. Um, this this is a little bit of a spoiler regarding the witch herself yep. out in the uh, out in the woods when you see her doing the thing with the baby. Um, Robert Eggers like really did his homework for this movie, and he's a pretty intelligent guy. So they were talking to him about uh, certain scenes in the movie and where he got the inspiration. Like you said last week, a lot of it came from journals, and he had actually read somewhere that because uh, I never realized what the witch was doing after she basically like pulverize the baby and it was she was <laughs> sorry sounds, sounds so good <laughs> well she does she like puts it in a like in a, yeah, a, a, a pestle, pestle and mortar yeah oh, God. and uh she's so Sarah's face. <laughs> yeah yeah this is yeah i'm glad my wife didn't watch this one with us um so the this was like an, an actual thing back in the day with with witches was th- this idea that uh it wasn't like the brooms couldn't fly until they had gone through certain treatments, and one of the treatments was to uh, take the entrails of an unbaptized babe and use it as an unguent to, uh, to like, they would rub it on the broom, uh-huh. and then that would give the broom the power of uh-huh. flight. That so goes- that's what, So when you see the witch in the... I never knew what she was doing. You see her rubbing the... You know the baby she's, on stuff. She's and, making a roast. <clears throat> she just needs that base to go. And on the she's roast. rubbing it on her broom. <laughs> baby, that's base. what's happening. And uh, 
So that was big spoilers. If you haven't seen The Witch, I really apologize for that. But we. Well, in all, in all fairness, in the trailer, though, you know the baby goes Mitching. <clears throat> missing, Mitching. So. Mitching. And actually, I think they show that clip in the trailer, too. It's, you don't really know what it is. Yeah. But um, also, Robert Eggers did. He doesn't like to give away because he likes the fact that the, the movie's kind of open to interpretation. Like, he actually. He. He he does mention that the uh, the ergot um, argument or not argument, but the idea of the ergot on the corn yeah. being a hallucinogen. He says it's a vi- uh, like a very viable interpretation. He doesn't say whether or not he's that's his interpretation, but he says it's a viable one. Hmm. And um, and he did confirm, although he didn't want to give too much away, he did confirm that. Thomason is not evil throughout the entire thing because some no. people were like, "Is Thomason a witch the entire time?" And you yeah. just don't know it. He he just wanted to say like flat out, she's not evil the entire time. Yeah. So that movie is sort of like Thomason's journey into like madness, <clears throat> so to speak. Right. So, I, mean, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, um, that's pretty much all I got for corrections. Uh, the only other thing that I have to say is a big apology to anybody who listened to our last episode and uh, had to listen to me let out the most disgusting belch oh, it was, in the microphone. It was, it was, <laughs> it was really wet. I, was like, I, I heard it in my in my car and the speakers are pretty decent yeah, and I was yep. like, oh. <laughs> I, was like, I, I don't know what I was... This is, that, that's like, so as I feel bad like as, I can smell it in my car. That's disgusting. That, that was as bad as you eating that one time in the microphone. So. Oh, you mean when I got all... <laughs> <laughs> so wet. Alright, let's stop talking um, about how sucky we are. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, that brings us to uh, to the news. 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 Yeah. The Buzzkill Podcast News. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, if, were you a little Morse code in the beginning there? That that was. No, it was like the thing that. They, well, I guess it is Morse code, but it's the thing that they usually do at the beginning of like the old school breaking news. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would be yeah. Morse code. Yeah. Yeah. This just stand over the wire. <laughs> extra, extra. Uh, so anyway, um, what in the news, have? what do you got, brother? Uh, so this is more for me than anything else, being the obvious. Obviously, from we talked about at the beginning of the top of the hour, uh, Evil Dead. <laughs> That's what Mike tells all of his <laughs> sexual partners. This is really more for me than anything else. <laughs> uh, okay, so all, uh, all one of them. So, uh, so speaking of sexual things, Toy Fair was the past week. Ooh, <laughs> and, very uh, sexual. Uh, anyways, t- uh, Toy Fair was just last week, and NECA, one of the big, uh, one Sorry, of the big companies. do they actually include sex toys in the Toy Fair? No. Okay. No. I mean, well, I, I mean, mean I, anything, anything can be a sex toy. Anything can be a dildo if you're brave enough. I mean, a, a nice head of romaine <laughs> can. <laughs> I think that was actually, I think that was actually Abe Lincoln that said that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, fun fact. No. <laughs> anyway, go I, ahead. I lost my train of thought toy here. Toy Fair um, was oh, yeah, last Toy Fair. Uh, NECA, one of the big toy companies uh-huh. that do a lot of the uh, the really intricate uh, action figures, you know. Um, they unveiled the uh, Ashy Slashy puppet from Season 2 of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, it's I haven't watched it's it. A, I've seen the puppet, though. It's, it's a hand puppet, yeah. and he talks to himself, and it's vile, and it's fantastic, and I'm buying it. Now, is that's, this puppet supposed to be it. evil in, in the show, or what? Mm. Or is that giving not too really. much away? It, no, no, it's more it's more of an extension of Ash. Oh. Is and it is it on his missing hand? Yes. Oh, that's and cool. And it <laughs> makes sense on in the episode that it's in. I don't right. want to give anything away if you haven't seen it, but Right on. Uh so Unbreakable 2 sounds like it's a pretty real possibility. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say too much about this because it ties in with another movie that recently came out and if you haven't seen that movie, uh it'd be kind of a spoiler. Sure. So, I'm just going to leave it at Sam Jackson 
has confirmed that Unbreakable Two sounds. He has received a phone call. Right, and and, yeah. and it's uh, and it and it might be a go. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, next up, uh, Kevin Smith is bringing the uh, the show called Salmon Twitch, which is a spinoff of the Spawn comic book series. Uh-huh. Uh, I used to read those all the time back in the day, like back in high school and stuff. I used to love Spawn. Um, and there, it's it's kind of like a police procedural thing, but it has to do with the occult and whatnot, obviously being in the Spawn world. Uh, and, and, and as he puts it, they're the Jay and Silent Bob of detectives, sort of. Like, they're very just polarizing personalities and whatnot and uh is this going to be live action yes oh oh yeah oh. and so uh, they're doing this for bbc america odd choice for a channel but whatever huh. um that all being said i take this with a grain of salt because Why? it seems like everything that kevin smith announces um he's he, one of those he guys has a habit of announcing things he, really early he has a good reason for it though because his reason for it, and he talks about this a lot i'm a huge kevin smith fan so i, I follow him uh, quite extensively um like, he does like, this, like literally like he won't stop following him yeah he he does this <laughs> because if he puts he, he feels if he puts it out in the world then it's there people right. are going to hold him to actually follow through and do it yeah and it's it's sometimes it's the first not, step in in the creative process and he's a guy that likes to share the entire process sometimes it's not always his choice though because like you can put it out there and then people hold him to it but some, oh sure well you know it like that you can hold Kevin Smith to it, well, but the money's got to come from somewhere, and you can't always convince the people with the money to do what Kevin case Smith wants to do. Point. Over the past year or so, he's announced Clerks 3. He announced Mallrats <laughs> 2, which then was going to get developed into a television show. Mm-hmm. Both of those projects are dead. There's no funding for it. They're dead. <sighs> so he put all this time and effort. He did a whole um, uh, internet social media campaign about getting all the actors back from Mallrats. Like, yeah. It was a big deal. They all said yes. No, it's no money, though. Um, I, I, I don't know. What's, I, don't I don't understand. And with the star power, with those people, like it's, you know, it's, with like it's Ben it's Affleck him. coming back, and what's that? Well, Ben Affleck was never signed on for anything. Oh, well, I thought you said that he got the whole cast no, back. No, with, with the whole entire cast, with the exception of Ben Affleck. Oh. Literally every single person in Mallrats was on a yes. Okay. He was going to be too busy making something about Mary too. I have to imagine he would have probably can't. <laughs> no, 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 Ben Stiller. Wrong Ben. I have to imagine he would have cameoed in it, but. Hanging um, out with Tom Brady. Yeah. Is that the one? <laughs> <laughs> wait. Wait, that was wrong too. Are you just talking about something about Mary still? No. Because that, that was Brett Favre, right? Oh, there was a football player in that movie. Yeah, there was, didn't wasn't she the whole time she talks about one of her ex-boyfriends and his name is Brett? No, Tom Brady and Ben Affleck are like best friends. Are and... they really? Oh, I didn't know that. Braflack. Braflack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so those two projects, though, are dead in the water. I haven't heard a thing about Moose Jaws, which is really upsetting because I was really looking forward to that. Yoga Hosers did not do well, though, and so mm. it wouldn't shock me if the money ran up for the third in his True North trilogy. Um, he did just announce, though, that he's doing Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which he can do because he owns the characters. He can do anything he wants with them. Whereas with uh, Clerks and Mallrats, you know, there's lots of rights issues, and it was up to the Universal, basically, and Miramax right. to, to, to fund it. That's um, So he will, uh, so he's he announced this uh, Salmon Twitch. Hey, hey, pay attention. Sorry. We can still hear she's, you. She's confirming something <laughs> for me, though. Um, so he announces this the, the Salmon Twitch thing. I, I'll take it with a grain of salt until I actually see it happening. Right. He also announced <clears> that he was supposed to do that Buckeye Bonzu show. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about that. He sh- shot a pilot for <laughs> Did a, you say that right? Buckarai Bonzu. Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> Buckarai Bonzu. Uh, point is, he announces a lot and very, 
not very often does it actually come to fruition. So the other point is, is Kevin Smith is awesome. Yeah, yes. It doesn't matter what he does; he's still awesome. I got to see him once. It was cool. I walked past him in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, didn't you? I think I mentioned that before on the show. Yeah, no, was I, I feel pretty cool because of that. That's all. <laughs> I had to stop him from chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, so I, I have some news here. There was apparently. Have you guys watched this past Sunday's Walking Dead? Uh, no, no, no. Apparently, there was a UFO in there. I saw the clip though. Yeah, I saw. That. I, I didn't see the episode because I'm I'm behind still on 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 watching. So. I saw that clip too, and I like I I was gonna ask if you were caught up because you started watching it again, right? Right. So there but, was. Uh, um, I, I I was I was gonna because I I wanted to ask somebody who knew if this is legit. Like, what's going on in this? Because I can't imagine that they would let something fly into frame and then not redo the shot right or at least take his head. Too. Right. I, I I looked it up earlier, and apparently it was it's a green screen shot. Yeah. And they went up up top this uh, trash pile to say, look at our look at our city, look what we're working with, whatever. And um, and the green screen shot. You know, they wouldn't have let that slide by if there was a plane flying by. Right. They would have made sure to not use that part of the clip and use something different. Yeah. Um, and there's four objects that go fume and just kind of fly through the screen, yeah. all going left. I will say this: if they are legitimately putting UFOs into The Walking Dead, they found the one way to get me back into watching that show. <laughs> I will watch the shit out of it if they introduce aliens into The Walking Dead. Zombie I aliens? I will. Have you seen that? Uh... Have you have you seen that gladiator zombie that they have now? No. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks gnarly. I mean, it's, oh, it's the spikes it's, or whatever. It's really cool looking, but I, being that it's completely out of context for me, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like his head is covered in metal and spikes and shit, and he's got spikes coming out of his body. It looks really cool, but uh, I don't know what's going on with that. So, it's pretty intriguing. Eventually, I'll probably watch that show. I don't know. It spikes my interest. What else you got, James? Uh, so the Pee Pee Poo Poo Man is going to be out on Blu-ray, DVD, and uh, digital. The Bye Bye Man is going to be out on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD April 25th, 2017. I'm shocked that it's that quick. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, I, I've yet to watch this. I really want to see it. Um, if for those of you who don't know what The Bye Bye Man is, it's set in the 1990s in Wisconsin, uh, three college students move into an old house off campus. They unwittingly unleash a supernatural entity known as the Bye Bye Man, who comes to prey upon them once they discover his name. Uh, the friends must try to save each other, all while all while keeping the Bye Bye Man's existence a secret to save others from the same deadly fate. Apparently, this is based off of a chapter in a book, which the guy who wrote the book got the story from his friend, and it's supposed to be based off of like true events. Oh, is this a, is this a is oh I think I know the story. This is the story about the guy that wrote that in sync song, right? Bye bye, <laughs> bye bye man. Yes, that's the one. So I don't know. I I, I yeah. haven't seen it yet, but uh, I've I've heard mixed reviews. Usually, when a movie gets mixed reviews, it's the type of movie that I'll like. It seems to <laughs> me like it's that kind of movie where we're gonna watch it, and afterwards we're like, well. They certainly made that movie. <laughs> that <laughs> yes, they that, did. That sure was a movie film. It, it exists. <laughs> um, okay, so this is exciting. Uh, apparently, Ivan Reitman, director of Ghostbusters and uh, Evolution. I know I love that movie. Ghost, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, you mean Booster, the Boosters? You mean the Melissa McCarthy movie? Uh, in a sense? Yeah. Goatbusters? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. So uh, Ivan Reitman was going through some personal storage, and he came across three film canisters with unseen uh, uh, work print footage of 
uh, there's scenes that uh, there were deleted scenes. Obviously, they never made it to print. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them, though, being like amongst Ghostbusters fans, it's like the holy grail of Ghostbuster scenes. And that is the scene where Ray essentially gets a blowjob from a ghost. Have you ever heard of this before? Uh, now that, they're in the that movie. Scene is in no, the movie. no, in the movie that scene's part of a montage. Yeah. But the full, like, I'm assuming it's like five or six minute scene, though, is in these reels. And they, there's a whole description of what it is. They're in they're in some, uh, like, it's called Fort Detmer, Detmering. D-E-T-M-E-R-R-I-N-G. Okay. Fort Demering. Anyway, they're in there, and he puts on this period correct cloak, or, uh-huh. or these clothes, and he tries them on. And then he lies down on the bed to see if it's comfortable, and he falls asleep. Well, some of the other clothing in the, uh, in the, the room... It's filled up with this mist, and then it lies on top of them, and then it goes down his body, and then you see his belt loop undone or whatever, and then the which ho- is which that is in the movie, not the entire thing though. But you see his belt the, coming. The belt, yeah, the belt part is, yeah, the belt part is. But this entire scene though, and then so he's lying on the bed, and his face goes from confusion to pleasure, and then still uh, in the movie, yeah, yeah. And then Winston though walks down the hall, uh-huh. <laughs> smoking a cigarette, and he hears talking or whatever, and he pops his head, and he goes. You okay? And Ray goes, not now. <laughs> and then he's just kind of, and then, then Winston leaves. Whatever. It's just kind of funny. But a ghost job. That full scene, though, I guess, has been like the holy grail because people knew it existed, but it never existed anywhere. And then there's two other scenes, one, uh, two other canisters. One that's just called Bill Murray, and then one called Honeymooners. We don't know what those are. There's, it's probably just a half hour of Bill Murray just riffing. Could be, which would be awesome. Could be. Because wor- weren't most of his lines in that movie in in the in the in the first two movies, the first two, the only two movies, weren't they? I'm sure a, a lot a ton of, it of his lines yeah. were improv. Right? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully this means that there'll be a new release of it. You know, a new transfer of it, maybe with some more stuff on it. Yeah, for sure, that'd I'd be awesome. Be, I'd double dip, for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, Adrian Barbeau. Has joined the cast of Jeepers Creepers 3. Oh, you mean Child Molestation the third? <laughs> Watch Your Poopers 3. Sounds creepy. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. That joke is in poor taste. Um, hey, have so, you, have, so I was molesting kids, though. So. Ah, jeez, yeah. For anybody I'm going to roll with Mike on this one. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, we've mentioned this before on the show, but we've never really gone into it. Victor Selva, the director of the Jeepers Creepers movies, uh, back in the 80s? It was when he was making uh, Clown House. Clown House. Uh, he, he, got, he got nailed for... Uh, he, Did he? That was a, bad, that was a <laughs> bad choice of words. Yeah, he got convicted of, uh, of, of like sexually molesting the 12-year-old boy who in was the in, in the movie. Which he is went just, to jail for a few years. Which is just awful and inexcusable. And I don't under... Like, to me, uh, I'm in the camp where I'm like, why are you continuing to let this guy make movies? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Or like, or like, who, who? I don't know, like, I who think, wants to work with him, you know? Well, so this is, I was telling Jay this before we before we, we were on air. My question is this. I understand if you're an up-and-coming actor or actress and you have the opportunity to be in Jeepers Creepers 3, regardless of... Now, Grant, yes, there's the morality question of working with this man and mm-hmm. respecting him as a director, which I don't, but, like... There's, there's that whole thing. If you're an up-and-coming actor or actress, I can see why it would be extremely difficult to turn down a role like this, Yeah. being that this could be your foot into the industry. I get that. What I don't understand is Adrian Barbeau signing on to this movie. She doesn't need that. She right. does not need the notoriety. She doesn't. She's Adrian fucking Barbeau. <laughs> she can do anything that she wants to. 
within reason. Well, yeah. But you get what I'm saying, though. Like, she does not need this movie. Why did she sign on to it? Why did she want to associate her career with this guy? Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know. I'm I, I'm so up in the air. I because there's I, he's certainly not the only person in history to have like this guy. Look at Roman Polanski back in 2003, mm-hmm. the pianist, won like 12 awards, like tw- like a bunch of Academy Awards, a bunch of BAFTA award. BAFTA. Yeah. So the, I and think so. It won Palme d'Or at uh, at the Cannes Film Festival. Is that where they do Palme d'Or? I'm not sure. I, anyway, it was like highly decorated movie. Roman Polanski was convicted of uh, raping a 13-year-old girl back yeah. in the 70s. Yeah, Woody and Allen, then, who and was, then, and then, fu- and then when he found out what the judge was gonna, the judge was gonna throw him in jail for 50 years. He fled to France, and he's been in France ever since, uh, and protected from extradition. Yeah. It's like a terrible, th- and 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 people are just throwing awards at him. Like I don't know yep. this this stuff to me. It's like. It's crazy. It's pretty unforgivable stuff, as far as I'm and concerned. Like it's... I was, like I was saying, Woody Allen has his own share and he, of of issues or whatever. And he... oh. Dude, don't forget to check for your tickets on that's eBay. My, bro. That's my eBay, eBay reminder for my tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, like the, the, this industry for some strange reason has this weird underbelly that has these characters in it, and I don't understand why. Well, and like the association, and like celebrities come to the to the. Um, to the, not to the aid, but they like they back these people up. Yeah, I they know. say uh, like so many people have said. I know Victor Selva, and I know he's not a bad guy. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> like, I don't care how he is now. This is a thing that that guy did. Like, right, you can't. It's been proven. Like, yeah, whatever. So, Let's not talk. This is this we've is given him too much stuff. time Let's already. Yeah. On, yeah. Um, 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 where we got here? What do we got? What do we got? Oh, M. Night Shyamalan's Tales from the Crypt, the series that had the pause button hit pretty hard on it. Yeah. So over the last week, there's been two spots that got leaked out. One being what looks to be an advertisement for the show, and then one's sort of like a, a interview slash clip thing. I was only able to watch... The reason I don't know is because they're not up anymore. They've been taken down, mm. which hmm. proves that they, there might be some validity to them. Um... The one that I did Cruises, see though, there might be some validity. Yeah, I because because at which first, one did you watch? I watched the uh, the trailer with the guy mopping the floor. So the one that actually looked pretty legitimate. It did. However, there's one thing about it that really struck a key with me, and that is the crypt keeper mm-hmm. is not in the uh, the new show, at least in his original form. the The original HBO crypt keeper is not in it whatsoever. Right. At the end of that spot, you hear the crypt keeper laugh. Right. They can't use that. So not even the laugh. Well, it's all character. HBO yeah. owns the character and everything that goes with it. So right. they can't use it. And that was a red flag to me. And I was like, wait, if that's there, this <clears> just <throat> might be a really well done fake for some reason. But then I thought that could have also have been something that they made uh, to just for studio eyes only just to sell the project. Right. So, and the fact that they're taken down now pr- gives validity to them. So they're, well, they probably were real, but I, the other one I don't think was real at all. It was it was uh, an interview with M Night Shyamalan mixed in with clips, video clips. But all the clips were taken from other movies and TV shows. Like I know uh, Penny Penny Dreadful. There was a lot of clips from Penny Dreadful. There was clips from It Follows. Um, were they trying to pass them off as clips from Tales from the Crypt, though? I don't know. I, he was just talking about he was talking about his vision of uh, 
of what this thing would be, and then it was spliced with these clips. I could understand if you know how sometimes, uh, like when they when they go to score a movie, or or when they when they're just doing like a work print of a movie, yeah, they'll actually use scores from other movies as like placeholders yeah, yeah. before they actually get the the, the real uh, composition done. Absolutely. Um, I could see if they were splice like putting it together to show to people as uh, to show to like studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. To kind of say, like, this is what we want to do. Like, this is the mood we want to set. I can see it being that. But for it to be released to the public and have it obviously be spliced together with movies that people already know and recognize. But it wasn't released to the public. It was leaked. That's the thing. This was not. Yeah, they didn't put it out there. Okay. And the fact that they're both taken down now, though, like they've been removed probably by the studio, like I said, tells me that they, those were legit to at least a certain degree, whether they were placeholders, whether they were... Either that or they were completely illegitimate. (laughs) You know? But then they wouldn't care, though. I could make someone that put it up on YouTube and... People put videos up all the time, though, of director stuff. Yeah, but the difference is you put something up on YouTube, it's not going to be picked up by... You know, by uh, Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central yeah. and, and every other news outlet out the there. The only other thing is I know they did get really far in the process of getting the show made, though. And they still do plan to make it. They yeah. just had to hit the pause button because of rights issues and they're trying to get it sorted out. Right. So who knows? Maybe they're maybe this was just promo materials that they were making for themselves. Maybe they weren't done. Yeah. It's still way, fun I'm to def- see. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. excited for it if, it if it actually goes through. That'll be cool. Yep. Uh, what else? Yeah. Uh, last night, which was February twenty second, so by the time you listen to this, it's gonna be you know like almost a week ago. Uh, they moved the real Annabelle doll, oh. uh, the one that was the inspiration for the Annabelle movies. They moved her into a new case, and if you've ever seen the shot, uh, the picture of Annabelle in her case, it's it it has a sign on it that says absolutely under no circumstances like do not touch this doll because it's apparently haunted as shit. So they were moving it to a new case, and they, they live-streamed the whole thing. Pretty cool. If they were that worried about opening the case, though, why couldn't they have just put the old case inside of a new case? Uh, and then they wouldn't have had to open it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> because you weren't there telling them how to I, do it correctly. I know. Uh, if you didn't see the live cam of the whole thing and you want to check it out, uh, our buddy from the Laughing Horror Podcast, Kyle Laugh, he posted it on his Facebook page. So you can cool. head over there and check it out. Now, is that the... Ed and Lorraine Warren's place that that's kept at? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you right. have anything else? I have uh, two more ones quick, though. Uh, we got a trailer for this movie called Phoenix Forgotten, mm-hmm. and it is a found footage movie. It is very Blair Witchy, like new Blair Witch, it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about the Phoenix Lights. Do you know what the Phoenix Lights are? Uh, back in like the 90s, I want to say, my dates could be wrong, but back in the, I think it was the 90s or late 80s, uh, there was these UFO lights in the shape of, I think they were in the, sh- oh, the triangle, straight right? line or triangle over, over Phoenix though. Yeah. Okay, and it yep. became known as the Phoenix lights phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. And this movie is a found footage movie of people looking into it and it happening. Oh, cool. and it's what Area 51 should be. That's what it, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Like Area 51, the uh, Area the 51, Orin, the found footage yes, movie you're talking Orin about. Yes, the Oren Palais found yeah. footage movie. We wanted that movie to be so good, and it just fell apart in the third act. It, it was just yeah, it was really good apart. for the first yeah for the first two thirds, and yeah. then the last. The so last hopefully bit was this will yeah, down. and like I said, it's very Blair Witchy. Like it mm. gives me that that feeling. I'm oh, cool. really really excited. And I've for seen it. those lights in real life in Michigan. Have you really? Michigan lights? Yeah. The balding oh, lights. Similar to the UFO lights, we we were coming out of my grandfather's funeral. My family's all walking out, and we saw oh, these weird lights before, in the yeah. sky. There's like eight or ten lights scattered in like the one area of the sky, and we're just watching them. And they all come in slowly. Oh, oh we we went back inside, came back out, and then they were in the south sky. 
And we're watching them. They get slowly, go really, really close together, and then they shot out and disappeared. Really? Yeah, my whole family watched it together. That's weird. So if we got Big Rand down here, he would corroborate the story? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Big Rand? That's, that's, <laughs> Big Rand. Big Rand? <laughs> Randy. Um, Randy. All right. Uh, 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 Ivan Strahovski, is that my, am I saying uh, that right? Well, apparently I've always said it wrong, so we'll go with yours. I, I, I think it's Strahovski. Uh, she was in Chuck. Uh, she was also in Dexter. Uh, can't, she, can't miss her. Uh, she has joined. <laughs> she has joined the cast of The Predator. Nice. Alongside Sterling K. Brown, which some people might know is from This Is Us. <laughs> I watched that show and I'm not going to apologize about it. Uh, Trevante Rhodes, Keegan Michael Key, uh, Olivia Munn, Thomas Jane, and Alfie Allen. Speaking of Keegan Michael Key, mm-hmm. his partner in crime. You got like seven minutes left, bro. <laughs> oh, ending in 14 minutes. Uh, speaking of uh, Key, though, uh, his counterpart, Jordan Peele on yeah. Key and Peele, his Get Out movie mm-hmm. has the rare. Uh, status of being 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? 100%. Nice. Yeah. I haven't, awesome. I haven't seen it yet. But, I, know, I uh, need to. Wait, didn't it? Uh, it just came out in theaters just tonight. Right? Or, might yeah, I think tonight, tonight at midnight. Our uh, Vito, our buddy Vito saw it. He saw a sneak peek and I got to meet the cast and crew. He went to some crazy sneak peek they didn't even know they were going to. Cast and crew were there. They went to a whole after party where they mingled with the cast and everybody. He talked to Jordan Peele for, for a long time, twice. Like, craziest thing. Live the, in, if you, when you live in L.A., sweet shit happens. Well, the story, real quick, is he was standing in line to see this uh, like this pre-screening of it. It's an 8 o'clock showing. And these people came out and said, we've got a couple seats left for the 7.30 showing, and nobody else wanted to go back, so he's like, well, what the hell, I'll do it. When they got in there, they watched the movie, and then mm-hmm. afterward, it was a Q&A, Q&A with the cast and the, the director, went to an after party, met all the people, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, if you're in L.A., and you go to a pre-screening and somebody says, does anybody want to go to an earlier show? Say yes. Just do it. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, I do. Uh, so uh, Alien Covenant is in its promotional phase right now. Mm-hmm. And they just released a five-minute little short film. I Probably a clip from the movie, in fairness. Uh, but this five-minute five prologue, as they're calling it, uh, to get to know the crew. You know, it's a little party scene, you know. I didn't realize that James Franco was the captain of the ship. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I didn't realize uh, that. So either. he goes so James Franco, I'll describe it for those who haven't seen it. James Franco goes to bed, he's not feeling well, uh, into cryo sleep. And mm-hmm. it's the last time they're all gonna be partying before cryo sleep. So they, they get out the cards and they're playing cards and they're drinking and this and that. And it's just you get to know the crew and that's it. There's nothing crazy happens. That's cool. There's there's a little uh, uh misdirect somewhere in it, but um yeah, it was just cool. It's um Danny McBride, who we talked to last week, is writing the new Halloween. Uh, he is one of the stars of Alien Covenant. And uh, he had said that his Alien Covenant character is not jokey at all. It's a very serious portrayal. Um, his character does seem to be, I don't want to say the comic <clears throat> relief, but he's kind of like the goofball of the crew. Sure. So in that respect, there is a little bit of a comedy in his portrayal of that movie. That being said, though, it looks fantastic. You're so. bound to have that type of character, though. If you have a big group of people, it would be pretty unrealistic to have a bunch of like 100% serious people all the time you know mm-hmm. uh, last couple things I have are uh, if you haven't seen the Game of Death trailer I'm going to make this quick if you haven't seen the Game of Death trailer watch it because mm-hmm. it looks awesome it's like Jumanji only just blood splattered and disgusting and awesome uh, also one last thing 
and it's really sad. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has confirmed that Hellboy three will one hundred percent not happen. Boo! And uh, and it's probably I was talking to uh, Kyle Laff and Alex from uh, Beyond the Veil about this, and we you know deduce that it's probably the money. You know, it's yeah. because uh, del Toro was one hundred percent on board. Perlman's uh, been talking about it for a long time. M- Mignola is 100%, 100% on board. Yeah, Ron Perlman's been talking about wanting to do it. It's probably just the people with the money putting the kibosh on it, which sucks. Yeah, yeah it does so, suck. So, hey, if we if they start a crowdfund campaign and they, they can raise though. $250 million, then... <laughs> yeah. All we have to do is get 250 million people to donate $1. It's not oh, a, it's easy. That's not a huge feat. So, anyway... Uh, that's it for the news. Boom! That was the news. <laughs> that was a long news section. Sorry long. about that. Yep. Um, so that means that we need to go through our recent uh, movie screen. Yeah, let's make this. Here. Let's make this real quick. Uh, I watched one that I know that you've seen before. A movie called Black Death. Oh yeah. Fan fucking tastic. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, um, Game of Thrones, but with uh, with witches and crazy Christian people. Oh yeah. Because I, the entire was, cast is on Game of Thrones. Sean Bean was born to have long hair, armor, and carry a sword. And a fucking broadsword. <laughs> he was, he yeah. was just made for it. Between yeah. Game of Thrones, the Lord of the Rings series, this move, like, mm-hmm. it's, he does not need to do anything else. Like, like just keep making period pieces, and I'm gonna be a happy guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Sean Bean and Eddie Redmayne. This must have been an early Eddie Redmayne. Movie. This was yeah. He's I, great I watched, in it. He's I watched so this good. movie on a whim, and uh, and I didn't realize that he was in it. And then the next day, my my wife asked me like, "What'd you watch last night?" I said, "Black Death." And, She's like, what's it about? And I was like, your boy was in it. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> I was boy. like, Eddie Redmayne was in it. She's like, why'd you watch it without me? <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, it was that's a pretty cool movie. Oh, it's really I good. It. Yeah, I love I love um, religious horror, and that's pretty much what this is. So I'm not yeah. gonna talk too much because when we do a religious horror episode, this is gonna be a good one to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. it came out in 2010. Um, it's directed by the guy named Christopher Smith. He did that creep movie. That you like, oh, a lot. dude, you haven't watched that yet. No, have I you? have not. I for, have not for our found footage episode. That's a good one. Yeah, but it's all about the uh, the, the the first plague outbreak, the Black Death. Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny though because this movie took place uh, in the 1300s. Yeah, and the term Black Death didn't actually start wasn't coined until the 17th century. Oh, so that would be like what, like the 1500s? The 17th century would yeah, be the what, 1600s. 1600s. Yeah. Okay, I knew it was close. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. That's all I got. Oh, all right. <laughs> hey. uh, I just I watched a, an episode of Masters of Horror that I've been meaning to watch for a really long time, and and I just never got around to it. It's it's actually season one, episode one. Oh, uh, it's called Incident on and Off a Mountain Road. Did the series start off with a bang? With a bang? You talking sex? You oh, t- was it good? <laughs> was that a good episode? You talking, talking about sex now? You guys all got all this, this crazy sexy time on the brand. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. It was uh, it was directed by Don Coscarelli, okay. who you might know directed the uh, you know he's behind the Phantasm movies, and, and uh, Bubba Hotep and Bubba Hotep exactly. Uh, quick synopsis: While driving at night along a lonely road through the mountains, Ellen gets distracted by her radio and hits a car parked on the road. She faints and looks for help since her car does not start again. She meets Moonface pulling a woman in the woods. He's a deranged monster-like man that collects human bodies. She's abducted by Moonface, but she recalls the survival lessons of her husband, Bruce, played by Ethan Embry, as she faces and fights back against the killer. What? 
Nothing. What? Nothing. Sounds good enough to no, me. No, yeah, no, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, Bree Turner played Ellen. Uh, Angus Scrim was in it, of course. Ooh, tall man. Being that, you know, Don Coscarelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angus Scrim, if you don't know, is Tall Man from uh, Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, John DeSant- John DeSante- DeSantes? I should know how to na- I should know how to say this name because our buddy Brian is getting married to a girl with the same last name, but I, mean, I don't know how to Desante. say it. Desante. 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 It's no, got an S no at the plural. end. Oh, hers does not have an S. I don't believe. Oh well, whatever. Just <laughs> one of them. He, he played Moonface. He also uh, you would know him from Thirteen Ghosts as the Juggernaut. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> the juggernaut, bitch. And uh, Ethan Embry, who played Bruce, he I was like a Ethan survivalist, Embry. like doomsday prepper kind of guy. And he sort of trained her to have survival skills. So she kind of, you know, turns the tables on Moonface. Uh, FX by Nicotero and Berger. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, I mean, yeah, it was cool. I liked it. It was, uh, it was a quick watch. It's only an hour long because it's one of the Masters of Horror episodes. So I would definitely uh, give it a go. Nice. nice. Yeah. Very nice. So anyway, I think that takes us into the tofu where we're going to talk about women in horror. All in that voice. (laughs) What do you say, Johnny? Um, All right. Update before we uh, before we get into it. I I said it at the top of the hour. If Mike might be making history tonight. If Mike's all mopey for the rest of the episode, it's because. Yep. I I had to max out at like seventy five bucks. The tickets ended up selling for a hundred and twenty seven fifty. Oh, Which, okay. like I said, I've seen them sell for more than that, so I was half expecting it. But then, it's like you always, when you're on eBay, though, you always hope like maybe nobody else is watching this. Like, you're <laughs> gonna, you know, say so you ever if you ever go into the, the completed listings and you look for something really expensive, you'll see them sold for like twenty bucks. Yeah. Like people get lucky sometimes. Some I, rare gem that nobody's really paying attention at, to. It was at sitting at sixty three something for the last hour, and I'm like, yeah. I wonder if no one's bidding anymore. Because why people b- bid on eBay things before the last like half an hour is fucking beyond me yeah. all they're doing is 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 racking up the price of it of course that's it if you want something don't bid on it until the last couple seconds like i don't understand the mentality behind it <laughs> like i but, said like i said so it, it might be like maybe the dude was like telling a couple of his buddies will you get on here and drive this thing up just a little bit yeah but. so i get some competition was there a reserve on it uh, it doesn't. I don't think it tells you. It doesn't. Tell, I don't know how eBay works. <laughs> so. and if there was, it didn't say anything. But I don't think. I, I don't think it tells you if there was or not. Uh, it'll say. It'll say reserve hasn't been. No, there was not because actually sometimes it'll say reserve not met. So, so yeah. I've only ever bid on something on eBay once and I won it. It was a. It was a flying V base kit. So like I, you know, they would have sent sent it to me. I would have had to assemble it myself, sure. paint it, and everything. And I was so stoked about it that I what won. Do you, how do you play a flying vagina? <laughs> <laughs> With women in horror, <laughs> Mike. Uh, but Wait, and then that... and then I won, I won. And then two days later, the guy sends me a thing that says, "Oh, you know what? I just looked in my stock, and we actually don't have the kit anymore." Like, oh no! This is the worst. I hope you left him a bad rating. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I probably should have though. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Well, enough of that. Yeah, I'm mopey. Whatever. Yeah, I'll stop get over being it. mopey. You little. I will live to fight another day. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the invitation. Oh, directed let's by do it. directed by Karin Kusama. Mm. Am I saying that right? Uh, Karin, I believe so. Yeah, yeah I, wa- I watched an interview between her and another director, and the yeah. other director said Karin. Okay, so I think, and she didn't say anything to him, so I'm assuming that's. I, I think I was calling her Corinne or Karen or I. I don't. I don't she know. probably gets them all and is. Yeah, sure. You know, it's. 
K A R Y N, so it could go any way, really. Yeah. Well, she is the director of uh, Jennifer's Body. Yeah. And she also did the Aeon Flux movie. The yeah. One that bombed way back in the day. Yeah. Because I was reading about it, and apparently that's another case of studio interference. Her oh, really? vision of that movie was way different. Yeah. And the way that she shot it, way different. Yeah. But yet, you know, I, as things go. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was all right. I never saw it, so yeah, I don't know that that the the TV show, the cartoon, always weirded me out. That style of animation gave me like a, a weird it was feeling. Aeon Flux followed by the head. The head <laughs> was the best MTV on MTV. Oh, yeah, so good. We're was, getting off topic here. I was more of a Beavis and Butthead kind of guy. Uh, the uh, Invitation, aka the <clears throat> greatest independent movie made in the last year. Yeah, it was really good. Um, a quick rundown on the movie. Uh, so this this guy Will, he gets um, contacted by his ex-wife, and she invites him up to her house for a dinner party. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't seen her in two years, and uh, when he gets there, it's all of their old friends who, when they were married, it was you know they were a close group of friends, and and they're all there, and uh, uh, it's. Nobody really knows why they're there. And uh, he starts to suspect that her and his new her and her new husband have some kind of sinister ulterior well, they're, motives. They're pretty odd. They are the odd. The entire movie. This I, I remember I uh, you told me to watch this movie. Yeah. I know you're not done with your synopsis yet or, or are you? Um I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. go ahead. We'll, we'll, well get we'll get into it. Well, a little I was gonna more. say, like, when you told me to watch this movie, and I said, okay, I'll watch it. And I was maybe 25, 30 minutes into the movie, and I texted you, and I was like, this movie makes me feel awkward. Yeah, like everything about this movie just is unsettling, and it's weird, and you don't know how to feel about it. Which and was like, the, which was the point, and, sure, and sure. it was done. Masterfully, Masterfully. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, woo. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no, no yeah. it was it was it was fantastic. Karkasama, perfect. Yeah, like like she handled everything about like the like this movie perfectly. Like well, the direction was great. amazing. Uh, the cinematography was great. Like it was beautifully shot, uh, and and the way the like the way the shots were set up really because Will's kind of suspect about the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, the reason that him and his wife got divorced, there was a, a tragedy in their lives, and they just really couldn't get over it. Uh-huh. And uh, and you know it pulled them apart. They ended up divorced. She ended up with a new husband. And uh, and like I said, this is his his first time back in the house. And the entire time, he's kind of he's obviously not gotten over this tragedy. Sure. So him being back in this house is very strange, surreal, stressful. stressful. And uh, and the way the shots are set up, like where there's like this, there's like this, uh, like very palpable disconnect between him and the rest of the party. Because mm-hmm. everybody else, even though they're kind of weirded out by the situation, they're going with it. Well, they're being like overly polite about the whole thing. They, We've like, been in that situation with our friends before. Uh, have we? <laughs> <laughs> I. We probably shouldn't get into it. Probably the face not. that you're making probably at me not. right now. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it's are listening. yeah. Um, so uh, the cast, uh, great cast. Logan Marshall Green, who I he's fantastic. He uh, I I I knew that I I knew that I recognized him, but I couldn't place him, and it's because he's got really long hair and a beard in this movie. But he was in uh, M Night Shyamalan's. Well, I guess it wasn't. It was a 
M. Night Shyamalan produced movie, Devil. Oh, Devil, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. he was the mechanic in, in Devil. Oh, no shit. He was all clean cut and blonde haired yeah. and blue eyed, so you couldn't really tell it was him in this movie. But uh, what? the entire time that I was watching this, I kept thinking to myself, like, he looks exactly like Tom Hardy. He a, looks exactly <laughs> like Tom Hardy. You texted me that I, I got a little bit of that, but I don't know if Maybe he looked exactly like him. Maybe I just wanted like to see Tom Hardy. You just want to see Tom Who Hardy. Who doesn't want to see Tom Hardy? But no, he he does. He looks very similar to yeah. him. They could play brothers in a movie, and I would absolutely buy it. <laughs> Except for Tom way. Hardy's all big and beefy, and Not this always. guy is... Tom well, Hardy's like an actor's actor. He changes for the role. So That's true. If he needed to get all svelte most of his skinny, roles, Most of his it. roles have him all big and beefy, though. No. True. Uh... Um, Mike Mike Doyle was also in it. Who uh, he was in a movie that we just watched a couple nights ago called XX. Uh, he was the. Do you know who? So Mike Doyle played Tommy, uh, and he was there was a, a gay couple, two guys. He was the one who. I don't want to give too much away. It's just you told me that he, you really liked his character. I did. Do you remember? I why? don't exactly why. Yeah, yeah. So he. It he, was it was unconventional for a movie to do this. Right. And that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. So he was also in XX. He was a, he was the mailman from the segment that Karen oh, Kusama. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. That so makes sense. we'll talk about that later, though. Um, also, I, I'm gonna. Logan put... Marshall Green was nowhere near as good <laughs> as Tom Hardy. No one cared about him <laughs> until he put on the mask. Uh, uh, I'm gonna butcher this name, Michael Michelle Huisman. <laughs> Michelle Huisman. I don't know how to say this guy's name. I could not. I could not place Which him. Which one was he though? He was the. He was David. He was Eden's uh, new husband, and I could not place him. And then I realized, anytime there's an actor in a movie where I I know that I recognize him, and I and I can't place him, I should just know to go to Game of Thrones because that's oh, really? nine times out of ten that's where they're from. Yep. He played uh, Dario Najeres. Mm. That one is easier to say than his actual name. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this movie is is one of those movies where uh, I don't think this is giving anything away. From the very get go, whatever you're thinking is weird about them is probably right. Mm-hmm. But they do a really good job of giving you twists and turns to make you doubt yourself. Right. And then even though you might have called it in the beginning of the movie, it's still really satisfying at the end when you finally figure it out. Right. Because they. Ooh, Mike's belly's getting so hungry. Some loud chairs here. Weird noises. Um, yeah, no, it, it it really does like like it does misdirect flawlessly. Like yeah. it's it's like almost geniusly handled by by Karen Kasama. Like, uh, and 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 she's one of the greats. Like I from this point on, I'm like I want her to do all independent stuff because yeah. apparently when she does budget stuff, it's when they actually more of an issue. When she does actually, independent stuff, it's it's incredible. They actually had she and the uh, and the producer had complete control over this. Yeah, because because there was. There was no studio involved whatsoever. Right. They right. sold it after the fact. Right. So, uh, and and it just it turned out amazing. Um, like you said, it was super tense and uncomfortable. The score was cool because it was pretty minimalistic, just like some like weird violin stuff, mm-hmm. and and that really added to the to the really creepy atmosphere. And and also like you said, you kind of like the whole time you're like, well, this is what's going on. And, and and Will is making accusations against them and stuff, and you're like, well, he's 100% right. And then a couple things happen where you're like, 
oh, maybe he's not right about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and See, then maybe Will's, being, maybe Will's the crazy one, right? And it's yeah. it, and they just really did it. They did it in such a uh, an, an effective you, way. You feel for his character too, though, because you can tell that like. Like Will's character is going through so much pain, and you and you get that it's 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 emphasized really well that he's going that he does not know how to handle the loss <laughs> of of something in his world. Like, and, and it's, he doesn't know how to deal with it when he's trying, and, his and ex- every time he thinks he's there, it pulls back. And like it's it's well, such a good one. Well, it's fresh. Give and take, it's frustrating you know? because his ex wife has like this completely polarizing attitude toward yeah. the th- the whole thing because she's like overly happy it's about everything. Like a, sorry, I cut you off. I did it yes, again. Yes, you did. It's almost like a Stepford Wives kind of vibe, though. A uh, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so she, uh, Tammy Blanchard, who played Eden, the ex-wife and, uh, the other guy's name who I'm not going to say, they, they are like, <laughs> they are like overly happy and stuff. They have a couple guests in the house, mm-hmm. you know, cause they've invited all their old friends, but then they have a couple guests who nobody knows. Yes. And like these two guests are pretty strange. Um, uh, John Carroll Lynch, who played Pruitt. Who was one of the extra guests, aka the guy that if they ever make a movie based on Doctor Phil, this guy should probably play. <laughs> yeah, just grow a mustache and he's there. Perfect, dude. He's he's one of these actors who there's nothing like overtly threatening about him or anything, but there's some there's something about his like physical stature where yeah. even if he's soft spoken and and not really it's acting creepy. mean, he's very like physically imposing. And he man, the vibe that he put out in this movie, I thought was just so scary like the entire time you you almost felt like he was like just a like an animal who could go off and attack at any point in time you know it was just so much dr phil (laughs) where you were like you know i really feel for this gentleman i want to tell you a story about my wife what i just got an invitation for another beer Oh, oh. <laughs> did you really have to look at your phone for three minutes before you told me that? I did not I receive that invitation. It's called method acting, all right? I'm, I'm <laughs> is there a plus one on there? There is. There's a there plus is. one? Oh. Jay's my date. Plus one. Do you want a, do you want a pickaxe Busy, blonde? busy. Okay. Um, did you not like the pickaxe? I do. Oh. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so uh, so that. Uh, was there anything like that you really loved about this movie? <sighs> well, I think I've said what I've really loved about it. They did some some... Not normal storytelling. Like any in scenes it. in um, particular, without giving too much away, with any scenes that you really loved. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think back. I, I love the entire movie, and honestly, this is one of those movies where it flows so well. Like, there's not a whole lot of jumps in it. It's mm-hmm. just like once you're in it, you're in it, and yeah. it's the entire movie. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of like the, the really high points, and it's tough because the high points are are they're there, but they're very they're very well integrated into the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like everything you're on, you're on edge the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I think my favorite scene though, uh, would be when he receives a certain, um, well, he, you can say it. he receives a, 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 vo- a voicemail. Yes, he receives a voicemail. And I remember very specifically, I heard that and I go, Oh God! Oh shit! Oh, oh, it makes sense now. Like it was like the come to Jesus moment of that movie. Like that was that was probably my favorite part of it because like I was so invested in it. And I was like, I just want something to fit in a place that makes sense because like right. I said, so give and pull, give and pull. Yeah. 
I just I wanted something to fit in the block, uh-huh. and it did. And I'm not gonna give anything away, yeah. but like it this continues. Tough, this that, is a uh, tough movie it, to yeah. talk about because I I want to just like talk about my favorite parts and stuff, but yeah. I, it's the kind of movie where. I don't want to give out anything really because you need to just watch it for Tell yourself. What, if you've seen this movie and you want to discuss it, hit us, hit us, hit us up on our social media. We'll be happy to discuss it. Or private message if you don't want to give spoilers away. But like anything, like we love talking about this stuff. Yeah. So if you want to be our 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 ear to chew on or vice versa, just you know, um, just not in uh, a weird kinky way. Okay. Just, you know. <laughs> Let me just nibble on that here. <laughs> uh, two things before we move on. Sure. Uh, uh, or maybe just one thing. Um, the uh, other one wasn't good enough. Uh, well, <laughs> originally they offered roles to Zachary Quinto, Luke Wilson, and Topher Grace. I, I, I saw this, and this movie would not have worked with I, That's what I was going to say. I'm so glad that they that they yep. didn't. I, I don't know what happened with that, that those ca- that, that casting didn't go through. Whether whether it was money or, or whatever, I'm glad that it wasn't because although these too. are although these are actors who have done other things, uh, if you had bigger faces in there, it I just don't think that it would have had the effect. Yeah, you but know? actually, one of the other girls, the uh, one of the one of the friends, the 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 main group didn't know. Mm-hmm. She was actually in that double X. She movie was also on well. the XX movie. Which yeah. We should should we talk about XX next? Yeah, we've sure. talked about it twice. XX now? next, yeah. XX next. Um. <laughs> So a bit of an awkward one to speak about because this this episode is all about women and horror and 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 them being badass and everything else. Um, we so this XX is it's an anthology movie, all women directors, uh, and uh, it looked so good from the trailers. Like it looked really, really, really good. I think this is a classic case of we really hyped this movie up to ourselves. Well, I think so. It's we also, had cer- we had certain expectations going into it. I think it's also it. the fact that they cut a really good trailer, though, too. Right. You know, a lot well, of movies can have is, really good trailers, which is what gave us those high expectations. Sure. And unfortunately, and this is no detriment to the directors involved, it just didn't click with us. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. what we wanted it to be. I thought. I thought bad. I like. I I went back through. Not. I didn't actually like watch it again or anything. But I I went back through and thought about each of the each of the shorts. And uh, and tried to think about it more um, objectively. So I I picked out some stuff. You know, there's there. I, it's it's not like it sucked or anything like that. Like there were there were definitely redeeming qualities. Sure. But as a whole, I think that it was just a little underwhelming. I would uh, yes. You know what I mean? With that. So uh, we had the the first. Let's go let's go through segment by segment real quick. Okay. So the first one was called The Box, and it was uh, directed by Jovanka Vukovic. I think that's how you say her name. I believe so. Um, this one was about a, a, a family, uh, a mother and her two children. They were out Christmas shopping, and then the, the little boy asked to see a... Uh, he, he sees a stranger. He's sitting next sees, to he's a stranger si- sitting on next the train. to a stranger on the train, and he asks him what's in the box. The guy shows him what's in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> it is, in fact, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Oh, oh no! I wish they would have ended it like that. That would have been the best <laughs> ending. Like that would have re- that would have made this entire anthology better if it was literally Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box. <laughs> well, so the the point is, uh, so the kid stops eating. He won't eat dinner after yep. that. He won't eat lunch. He won't eat bread. He just stops eating, and then uh, after a few days goes by. The daughter uh, starts he, doing he the tells, same thing. He tells his sister what was in the box, and then she stops eating, and then they tell the dad. 
and and everybody stops eating. The problem that I have is I I I I'm fine with leaving things up to interpretation, yeah. having a bit of mis- mystery, but there really was like zero resolution in this in this yeah. short at all. I completely agree, and it kind of bummed me out. It ended, and you're like, what? But but what's but what's in the box? <laughs> I guess in that way it really sticks with you because sure, you're like, sure. oh, what the hell was in the and box? There, and it was it was acted well. It was good. It was yeah. you know like I, I, there was definitely some interesting. I want to marry the father in this because he makes the best dinners <laughs> that I've ever seen. Well, that's one of you the. You can't like... see this, but I'm crossing my arms and squinting my eyes <laughs> in confusion right now. Seriously, this dad it was complete role reversal. <laughs> In the family dynamic as well, it which really I'm was. sure had was intentional. Oh, but, sure. But God, the dad made ribs one night. The dad made. Uh, it was uh, all homemade, like yeah. like amazing home cooked food. Great not food. O- like I noticed though, not only was there a role reversal in like the domestic uh, portion of uh, uh, of the marriage, which, which, before, but there was before anybody says anything. Sorry, I cut you off. But before yeah. anybody says anything, nowadays clearly we know that the roles are no longer like that. Well, not, but, I mean that's like how my household is. I I. You know, I yeah. cook. I yeah. I sometimes. I just don't clean. want people to think that we think that oh, no, the no. woman belongs in the kitchen. Oh like, no, no that's not I'm, what we're saying. Like I'm, yeah, I, my wife works, Typic- and I'm a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Like that's we have a role reversal kind of. Typically, household. in a lot of movies, though, they go on that old-school mentality. Sure. And that, yeah. That's all. And just to keep you informed, Jim, it's okay for Mike to cut you off as long as he apologizes in advance. Says, "Sorry, I'm going to cut you off," but 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 but. He's got a good point. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to say something pointless for a second, then you can get back to your point. No, uh, but aside from the role reversal in the like the domestic area of the marriage i noticed that there was kind of a role reversal in in the emotional side too cuz normally in a in a situation like this so now your kids aren't eating and you can't figure it out you can't figure it out but it's uh it would normally be the mother in uh-huh. any other movie, like the mother would be freaking out about, yeah. like, why aren't my kids eating? And I, you know, like, and the you wanna, father would just be like, oh, he's the, fine. Yeah, he's and the fine. father would be like, eh, whatever, it's he's fine. He's just going through a thing. But they reverse the roles in this, where the father is super concerned about the kids the entire time, and the mom's just kind of being just flipping about it, like grabbing she's, another pork chop. <laughs> yeah, like whatever. I'm just gonna have. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. I gotta eat. eat. Yeah, he's a growing boy. I gots to eat, and and. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. But like I said, I just I I just felt like kind of empty at the end. Yeah. The, Much like the box, probably <laughs> the it was probably just empty. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to the second one. It was called the birthday cake. Yes. The and it was uh, it was directed by uh, she's credited as Annie Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people might know her as Saint Vincent. She's a she's a musician, and and actually I. For her, this was her first attempt at directing. I thought she did a pretty good job. Uh, I thought it was yeah. very, like it was very stylized. It was. I thought it was funny too. There's a lot of really comedic. Yeah, parts it's kind of like a dark, like dark, real dark black humor. humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, the, again though, I will say this though, for as entertaining as it was, and I guess, I guess we're as we're describing this, I'm realizing that we're saying that every segment has been entertaining and good. Yeah. Every, it seems to me like the the. <clears throat> What all the segments lack, it's in the result. The payoff. It's the payoff, yeah. yeah. Like, there's nothing there. Which, technically, there was a, a payoff in this one, but it just didn't hit as hard as I, just I thought it. it would. What? I just got it. What? This whole entire movie, this is gonna whole be anthology. Yeah. It's women directors, and like, you know what? Screw you. We've given you enough. <laughs> 
We ain't giving you the ethics. <laughs> That's what this was. I get it now. <laughs> um, so this this one's about a, a woman who uh, she wakes up one morning and it's the it's the morning of her daughter's uh, birthday. Mm-hmm. They're having a big party later. She can't find her husband anywhere. She's kind of she's she seems a little off her rocker to begin There's with. There's something odd about her. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, for, like, the house that they're living in, it's, like, a really swanky, beautiful house, probably in the hills of uh, California or whatever. And and she she just doesn't seem to have her stuff all together. And, and that's very, it's very evident in the, in the, like I said, this is a very stylized kind of short. Mm-hmm. You can see it when you compare her to all the other characters in the movie. Yeah. Like, all the other characters in the movie are very, like, exaggerated versions of real people like their hair mm. their hair is so plastered to their head it looks like helmet like a helmet yes right yeah, like right. they're they're you know they're just very very well dressed and they're all like they're kind of the overblown version of actually it might not even be overblown because i think there's people actually like this but like all they care about is image all they care about is who's talking about what, like, who got what for their kids, and, like, at one point, um, a woman shows up at the house who is uh, uh, played by, um, uh, I have her name, and I lost it. I don't know it, so I can't help you on this one. <laughs> um, Lindsay Burge, <laughs> okay. who, who played Sadie in uh, in The Invitation, who was one of the, the uninvited, not uninvited guests, but the, the guests who the people didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was uh she was like a neighbor who was she didn't even have any kids. Nope. But she, she was just the really annoying kind of she, crazy neighbor. She yeah. wanted to come to the party because all the other mothers on the block were talking about it, you know. I I haven't gotten to the point of this short yet. Uh this woman wakes up and she finds her husband dead. Sorry, spoilers. This is very uh, much not alive. Yeah, and 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 basically instead of, you know, calling the cops or or trying to figure out what happened, she decides that her her daughter's birthday must go on, almost to save face with the community. Sounds so she, like Weekend at Bernie's. It kind of does. It, it kind of <laughs> is sort Weekend of, at Bernie's. Sort of, she yeah. spends the entirety of the short trying to hide her husband's body, and and it gets like like Mike says it, it gets funny, you know, dark funny kind of yeah. when you because you're dealing with a dead body, but uh, it. Honestly, like I got, I got like a like a Wes Anderson kind of feel from this short. Did you get that at all? Um, sort of, sort of. I got, I was pulling out of it more. Um, it was very much a. Oh God, now my mind fart. Cool, man. I know. I got nothing. But she's <laughs> like, I got I nothing. Step body, got a birthday party. Nobody got time for that. It was very <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> it was very almost like Abbott and Costello. Okay. In, the, in the sense to where, like, so she's got this, this she has a situation where her husband's dead, and yeah. she's just doing anything that she can to pull him into the closet, and then she's dressing him up, and then she's doing, like, it, like not, maybe Evelyn Cancel is not the right, the right thing, but it was yeah. very comedic, it was an like old school comedy almost, like, right. intertwined with the story. Does that yeah. make sense at all? Yeah, and I guess what I was getting at was... Like, very Benny Hill. It was very Benny Hill. Gotcha. Like, I can see him when she's dragging the body back, and here going... That's not the Benny Hill That is not the Benny Hill music. But you know what I mean, though. Yeah, I get what you're saying. To me, like I said, I I got more like a... I don't think it was so much the plot as it was how it was shot and, like, the actual imagery of the short that kind of reminded me of sort of a Wes Anderson-esque 
yeah. uh, kind of deal. But did you say who this was starring? Uh, Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky, who, who was Rose on Two and a Half Men. Right. Yep. We had an argument about who, what show she was from. Uh, I thought she was from Will and Grace. Not an argument. I said she's from Two and a Half Men, and you said no, she's not. <laughs> That's kind of an argument. Well, it's, it's just <laughs> that I was right. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, so yeah, that's. <laughs> That's pretty much uh, that's that's pretty much it for that yep. one. Uh, the third short was called "Don't Fall" by Roxanne Benjamin. Roxanne Benjamin. Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this one was I, this one was probably the most straightforward yes. out of all of them. Yeah. Like just like your typical sort of horror mm-hmm. setup. You know what I mean? It was. Uh, your f- face is infected. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of the entire movie. There was a, a, so a girl injures her, injures her hand, and one of the guys says, hey, you should probably put some Neosporin on that because it might get infected. And then the other guy, as he's cracking his beer, goes, your face is infected. <laughs> That's, it caught us off guard, like, like it's completely off guard. We're like, what? Well, it's probably, I mean, it, that's the kind of joke that me and my wife make to each other all the time, so it's, that's probably why we thought it was so funny and you're at our house 90 percent of our time so that's why you thought it was funny. <laughs> probably true um, the dynamic going on here yeah this was like i said this was pretty much the the most straightforward kind of cl- like not classic horror but like you know it's four Maybe kids sort of four kids out on an adventure they come across some stuff that they shouldn't come across and well, then it, it's petroglyphs i mean that's not really giving anything away yeah uh, they're they're kind of out in the middle of a of, of a was it native american reserve yeah or? a place they shouldn't be there though it was a sign saying to stay out or whatever right and they decided to camp there anyway yeah and, and this is why they found some petroglyphs that uh depicted some maybe some sinister things the sinister things end up being true and then uh, really cool creature effects there's some really really cool transformative uh creature effects yeah. in this and once again though the middle part's great and the ending sort of falls off they take these great creature effects and then at the end when you're seeing it more and more they overshow it and it looks kind of dumb yeah you know and, and when, once again it build it up build it up and it just it, it says don't fall. This one fell off. Which don't get us wrong. We understand that. Like when you have to when you have to tell an entire story in eighteen minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. It's you know that's not an easy feat to accomplish. We used to kill you in under two minutes. <laughs> that's true. That is true. So maybe we're better at this than everyone. Probably not. Probably nah. not. No. <laughs> Definitely not. So uh, yeah, it, I mean, like I said, this was pretty much just a uh, like one of those almost like a folklore. Um, not folklore, yeah, but yeah, I guess so. Sort of folklore. Like just a don't go where you're not supposed to be kind of mythological. thing. Mythological. Mythological, yeah. Uh, it was it was okay. All right, so the last one, which was directed by Karen Kusama, Kusama. Uh, which is called Her Only Living Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this one probably the best yeah. out of all of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, I would say this one was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So one out of three... One out of three ain't bad. You're Four man, there you go. <laughs> I'm really bad at math. Hey, no meatloaf. Um, We're in the tofu here, all right? Keep going. Is that meatloaf? Yeah. One out of, One it, out of three. Two out of three two ain't out of three bad. Out of three two out of three ain't bad. bad? Yeah, that's no. meatloaf. Look at that. I know the song. Love the meatloaf. Obviously you do. I love the food. Just didn't know it was the singer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this one, I mean, obviously it was it was uh, well shot because yep. Karen Kasama is uh, she's badass on the lens. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I could t- I, this this one out of all of them I could actually see being turned into like a full length feature. I can too, actually. Well, it's very it's it's very Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, so I guess if there yeah. was a feature to be made, it's I've actually, already kind I, of been made. Yeah, I've, like leading up to um, I, try, I tried to stay away from reviews and stuff as much as I could because I wanted to go into this pretty yeah. fresh. But everything that I did see leading up to it, there were a lot of people who, you know, kind of compared it to Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby and The Omen. Yeah. Very, very similar movies. And this one's, you know, no different. It's 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 that kind of movie. Um, that being said, though, what what is different about this one, though, is the resolve at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, granted, it's not necessarily a happy ending. I'm not going to say anything more than that. But the way that it gets there is a little bit different, and mm-hmm. so it's a little bit open to open to interpretation. Right. Um, but I liked the way that she that she handled it at least. You know? uh, just just quickly. Uh, so this one's about a, a woman who you, uh, she's obviously kind of on the run. Like she takes her son, and they're living their lives sort of on the lam. Yep. Like they're trying to avoid certain people. And uh, he is coming up on his 18th birthday, and in the in in the movie he actually you know they reach his 18th birthday, and she notices some disturbing patterns in his behavior, like he sure. starts to get violent, he starts to get uh, at school and stuff. Yeah. So um, <laughs> one of the scenes that really got to me is uh, he uh, he does something at school that's pretty terrible. And, really terrible. And they're, and they're they're in they're in the office talking like uh, so her and another mother are in the office talking to the principal, and the way that the principal and the other administrator are just kind of brushing aside with what this kid did, mm-hmm. and how terrible it is, and almost placing blame on so he did on the victim he did something bad to another uh, student, and they're they're placing blame on the victim. Which is pretty relevant for these days. Like, I, I actually heard a story earlier today where something like this happened. Like, yeah. where a, where teachers were basically like abusing other student. Like, a a student was being bullied, and then the teacher ended up bullying that child as well because they were saying that they were being bullied at school. And that kind of so that kind of resonated me with me in in this movie because it it, it felt pretty relevant. You Do know? you think that that particular scene though, where where the teachers are favoring one student over the other, um, I could be completely wrong on this. So if I'm off base, tell me. But do you think that there are some racial undertones in that scene as well? It kind of seemed that way. It did. It was a little bit of a social commentary because the student that they were defending was white, mm-hmm. and the student they're putting the blame on, who was clearly the victim was african-american yeah and so i wonder if there's a lot of social commentary in that scene as well to where it's like you know we can't blame them we, right no no you're it's it must be you like yeah, you know it, like it i got a little bit of that 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 social dynamic in it there did kind of seem that way yeah <laughs> which was handled in, in fairness though it was handled well to where it wasn't in your face but it still made a point if that was the case because mm-hmm. i picked up on it um, and I don't think they wanted to be overt about it, but they but they wanted it in there. I think I, I think that was intentional, personally. Right. Um, and yeah, especially in the the world that we're living in right now, mm-hmm. it's definitely on everybody's tongues. Yeah. Um, um, the last thing I'll say about this movie. Uh, it, so we typically like anthologies that have sort of an overarching narrative. Yes. Uh, there was none of that in this movie. But there were some there was really glue, cool. Though. There, yeah, there was glue holding it all together. Uh, in between each of the the shorts, there was some really awesome kind of 
reminiscent of tool old tool videos uh like stop motion yes they say if you like old tool maybe old nine inch nails videos sure more tool than nine inch nails yeah. but all the same same family uh you'll that it was the best segment the best segment <laughs> of this entire anthology was the the glue that holds them all together yeah it's just really creepy stop motion like mismatched dolls and robot things like it reminds me a lot of the uh, the misfit toys in toy story mm -hmm. okay. the toys under the bed where they're all kind of like weird and jacked up like yeah. it was very similar to that um and then at the very end they integrated a live girl into it yeah and that was weird it was like <laughs> oh wait, wait what this is live wait ooh. yeah <laughs> Um, um, it was cool though. Overall, what would you what would you rate this movie? Out of ten? Yeah. Four. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I was I would give it a little. I, I personally like a six maybe for yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't. I, I put it this way. I I I won't reach to watch it again. Yeah, I think I'll personally. revisit it. I think I will. I might revisit it at some point. I just just because I've. I've thought back on it a lot in the last two days, and when where I initially didn't, I didn't like it a lot. I think there was more to it than w what we really saw yeah. like, at the time. So I, I, I think I, I'll watch it again. I think what it would take for me, it would take me to watch maybe an interview with all four directors and have them talk about their films. And then rewatch them maybe with a new appreciation. Sure, I think that would help me a lot. Like I want to hear where they're coming from. I want to hear what the ideas were. You know, I think that would help a lot in these particular ones. Like I don't always need films to completely spell themselves out, mm -hmm. um, but there's something to be said for a little bit of exposition. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, so. Take take it for what you will, and it, honestly, don't take our word for it. Watch it. You guys yeah. listening might love this movie. Yeah, absolutely. you know, this is just too morons opinions of, of a movie morons we are yes. yes and i'm not including jay because he hasn't seen it because no, obviously his opinion would be far superior than also ours. he's a genius so so uh so, uh, <laughs> so goat let's uh let's move on what uh, what else did you watch okay so i watched uh this movie needs to be brought up it was our intro title mm. track whatever um, and this is not necessarily a female director, but is an entirely female cast, save for a few bit parts at the beginning and at the end. Uh, basically, a boyfriend and actually, is it just the boyfriend at the beginning? I think there's a I think there's a dead husband somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, well, or that's what I'm talking about. The dead yeah. husband. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it just the dead husband? Doesn't matter. Let's talk about the women. All right. Um, uh, the movie we're talking about is The Descent. Yeah, fantastic this movie. This movie is probably in my top ten. Somewhere in my top ten favorite horror movies of all time. Yeah, uh, could be even be top five. In all fairness, uh, uh, from two thousand five, directed by Neil Marshall, who has done uh, Dog Soldiers. Uh, he did Doomsday, uh, Centurion. He's done Mar a lot of married to Exo Carolyn, who's another fantastic female director. Absolutely, absolutely. She she's the one who is behind Tales of Halloween, mm -hmm. the anthology. Uh, she produced it and directed one of the segments. Mm -hmm. um, so the descent. Uh, quick rundown is. Uh, this uh, there's a group of girls, and every year it seems like they get together and they do some sort of extreme outing. Whether some adventurous thing, yeah, something. Whether it's uh, whitewater rafting one year, they've done some other stuff. Uh, they actually, I think they only show the whitewater rafting though in the movie, but it's it's implied though this is something that they do as a group every year. Extreme candle making. That's not in it, but maybe. <laughs> so they dip it into live beehives. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Uh, they're on one of their one of their outings, and uh, one of the characters gets in. Uh, they get into a car accident, and her husband and her child dies. 
So that's the setup for the movie. Oh, was there a child too? Oh yeah, kid was in the back seat. Oh geez, okay. I haven't seen um, this in a while. Yeah, so so that's the setup for the movie, and basically what it is, it's this group of girls to get back together to try to help their friend and do something extreme again. Just to like take their mind do. off of everything. Sure. Yeah. And so they decide to go caving. And that's when everything goes completely fucking awry. Now, we've talked about this before. There's a difference between caving and spelunking. Are they going caving or are they going spelunking? Well, that's... Because caving is where you're actually discovering new cave systems. Before we continue. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Because your definitions here kind of spoil it. Oh, okay. Hold on. Um, Yeah. So, if you don't don't want to know about it... You don't have to spoil it. Well... So yeah, they're in they a go cave. caving. They go caving. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> now that you've ruined no, it, doesn't no, no, you ruined it. It's, it's fine. They go caving. So so they go caving, and a series of events happens, and they get stuck inside of a cave, mm-hmm. and it is the fight of their lives against some of the most horrifying creatures yeah. ever put on on film. I can't do it right oh, now. God. These creatures <laughs> are are are. I'm claustrophobic to begin with. Yeah. And so this movie already puts me in a real tight spot when I'm watching it. Like I'm just like, oh, like <laughs> claustrophobic and then, tight spot. And then and then couple it with some of the like say creepiest creatures ever to be put on film. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're so well done. And yeah. like the sound they make that you were just doing it was I pretty good. It, Even yeah. though you can't do it, it was pretty good. There yeah, you go. there it yeah, goes. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's just, it's a perfect storm for one of the creepiest movies you will ever see. They use that sound because they, obviously, they live underground. And it's a like radar. It's, uh, so, yeah, sonar. So, so sonars, rather. Yeah, yeah. like bats yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, so it, it, they're, they're humanoid. Yes. But uh, they kind of, do they almost remind you of, you remember that old, inquir- like, very famous Inquirer? Uh, Bat Boy? Bat Boy. Yes. Except uh, for, do they even have eyes? Uh, they're very sunk in and they're white. Yeah. I guess I was reading, though, they originally had huge eyes. Yeah. And they looked really goofy, and so they ripped them off the masks. And Good sort call. of what was left, uh, if I read it correctly, was sort of like the mold. Oh really? And that's what they ended up using huh. for it because it looked really cool. And they yeah. just put like a lens on the inside of it. Um, yeah, it's they actually remind me a lot. I uh, I watched a movie recently and I talked about it in one of the last casts. Uh, the movie called The Burrowers. Yeah. And they remind me a lot actually. Like those the creatures from The Burrowers and the creatures from The Descent could be like cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very similar. Worst in... family reunion ever. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're similar in the fact that they're both just really disgusting looking creatures like they're not stylized they're just like gross and they're primal and they're like they're exactly what you would expect to see living underground unlike chuds (laughs) chuds are (laughs) like the hollywood version of like these creatures (laughs) with the didn't chuds have like glowing eyes and stuff? yeah yeah Yeah. hollywood like i said yeah um but yeah uh the descent is like i said it's one of those movies (laughs) where you watch it and you when you're done you're just like would you? <laughs> sorry. Would you really call Chud Hollywood? That was that was a well. You know what I mean. That was like a B movie. It was a B movie. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> B. Sorry. I have to call you out when you're being stupid. That's fine. That's I have fine. to. Um. So in the movie there is a reveal. I'm not going to say when it is, but there's a reveal when you first see the creature for the very first time, mm. and it's one of the most startling reveals I think in any movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Because it just works at mm-hmm. every every single level, it works. I remember the first time we watched this movie. Uh, I think you were dog sitting at your parents' house, 
Maybe. And we we watched this movie and uh, Frontiers back to back, which are both great movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that first shot, like when you when you first see that, cre- well, it's technically the second time you see the creature because you do see the you, creature earlier in the movie. Yeah, just first for a split time that you second. see it full on though. Like, but the first like the time reveal. you say, "Oh man, I got the chills." Just well, running down my spine when I saw that for the first time. The cast of girls and the cast of the creatures were kept completely separate throughout the entire filming of the movie. Really, the girls knew the scene. They knew they knew what they were what they were going on. Uh-huh. They had no idea that the actors and makeup were actually behind them because oh. that scene was shot in the dark. They shot it with legit night vision oh and so what you're seeing is their legit reactions and i guess they freaked out so much they ran off set like they were so scared that's completely understandable out of there now did they did they film this in actual caves no okay it looks like it too like this this must have cost them a fortune to build these cave sets because they look so legit damn good either you guys ever been in a cave before i have Um, just a small one never anything like this why have you? I went to the Ohio caverns. Oh, you did? Yeah. How were like? It's a pretty big cave system. It was system, cool. Or like, what? like you go down, like you start inside like a gift shop, and you go down these stairs, and you end up through this whole walkthrough thing, and it, it was cool. And then do you exit through the gift shop? Uh, something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's all these. Uh, you see all these like the what what things called that come from the ceiling? Oh, stalagmite. stalagmite. Well, is, it, is it stalagmite or stalactite? Well, they're both of them. One comes from the ground. One comes from the ceiling. Which one I is which? which is Some which. of both. You see the water running through, and I think it, it was tight, really cool. I think the tights are from the ceiling. I'm gonna say. I'm ceiling. gonna. I'm just my own personal theory. I'm gonna say stalagmite are coming from the ceiling for next week. <laughs> because they stalagmite fall on you. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was like eight I'm years old. Dead cool, wrong. So. You also yeah, might. That's cool. I, you also might stalag might fall backwards and one goes up your butt. That's true. Hey, Whoa. That might happen. <laughs> but it's stalag tight because. Oh come on. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, anyway, no, you were asking if we've been to them. I've been to the uh, caverns in. I think it was in. Uh, uh, Missouri, I think it was I think it was Missouri. Maybe I'm wrong. There were the Jesse James caverns where he had his hideout way that's, back in the day. That's yeah, not yeah. like the the mammoth ones, is it? Uh, they're big. They're huge. No, I don't. I it don't mean mammoth, I don't mean though. in size. It's like the, the actual name of the uh, the cave maybe. system is like Great Mammoth Caves or something like maybe. that. Maybe I have pictures of it. I forget what they were called. I yeah. did that on a road trip. But then I've also <clears> been to and this <throat> kind of falls more in line with like My Bloody Valentine. But up in the uh, Copper Harbor in the uh, UP. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if you look at, if you look at the UP and it kind of looks like a rabbit, it would yeah. be the rabbit ear. All the way up in the tip of the year, you have okay. Copper Harbor. Gotcha. And uh, I went down to the salt mines up there, and you're going like two miles into the ground. Really? It is one of the creepiest things ever. You take us down there, and what they do is they tell you to to not move, and they kill all the lights down there. Ooh. And they say this happened on a normal basis to the miners when their lights would go out when they're because it was flames back then. So if a draft came through, it'd blow out all the candles. And it was one of the single most I, eerie feelings ever. I thought they couldn't have open flame in 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 uh, like big mines like that, uh, because of the methane. This is something that I that no, I no 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 you're that not just wrong. Came maybe, up maybe, in maybe parts. 
Lots of like everybody's farting down there. It's, it's possible that I'm remembering this wrong. So maybe you're right. But point is though is that lights would go out though. Is what right. is, was the whole point of it. And and they it was so eerie. It's just like just, the deadest black that you five ever. Five feet away from you. Granted, we're behind guardrails, but five feet away from you though is a cavern that drops down 200 to 300 feet. Oh, so can you imagine being a miner or or a caver in, in in the case of the descent though, and you don't know what's going on, and one step one wrong move, and you're just. <gasps> Well, in the case of the miners, I gotta imagine like the standard operating procedure would be just sit and fucking <laughs> just sit and stay where you are, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, there's nothing but else that so you can do. So creepy. Really. So I can't even imagine if I was in a, a a cavern that I don't know that I'm being chased by fucking slime creatures. The worst like, thing. Like, ever. I don't. I don't. Oh. And there's so many sweet visuals in this movie. Like there's a there's literally a pool of blood, blood that's yeah. like like six feet deep it's or like whatever. Under the feeding grounds. Like, oh jeez. Oh. And and that's what's cool too is like that this whole idea was uh because at one point in the movie there's a a pile of like deer bone like yep. animal bones and yep. stuff. So the idea was that like when night fell, these things would actually go topside and and hunt. So what which are, is scary. It's funny that you bring up the the pile of bones because mm-hmm. one of these uh, skulls in the pile of bones, mm-hmm. if you know what you're looking for, is one of the skulls from the werewolves from Dog Soldiers. Oh, Neil oh for Marshall's real? First oh, movie. yeah, near my... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a little, little Easter egg in there. That's awesome. Um, another thing is, too, is they made a sequel to this movie. Yeah. Which is... Which which Neil Marshall had nothing to do with. He did not want to make it. Did not want them to make it, but he didn't own the rights, right. such as Hollywood. Yeah. And... Um, it's terrible. Don't watch it. I only made it halfway through. It's not it, it. It destroys your memory of the first movie. In all fairness, like well, like I, suddenly there's like a new kind of creature. Yeah, there's a new and breed. Like, now the the whole cast came back. I'll give it that. Oh, was uh, of the wait, girls. how? Ah, uh, flashbacks. I oh, think, and okay. Because she's telling about yeah. It, it, um, but well, yeah, don't see it, though. It, stick to the first one. Stick to this one. It's the best. It's all the the and all the actresses in it. This is why we're talking about it. All the actresses in it. Great ensemble. Yeah. Fantastic yeah, ensemble. Great. Um, um, well, and, and to, to that point, too, about the sequel, like, uh, so um, I think her name is Shauna McDonald, the girl yeah. who the girl who played Sarah. Yep, yep. The main girl. See, there's two separate endings to the original Descent. Yes. One of them would allow for a sequel, and one of them would not. Theatrical allowed for it. And the original uncut ending did not. The original uncut ending is Way far better. superior. Way better. It's so a big, good. Because there's a big psychological thing that happens at the end. Right. And it's awesome. And it's and it's so like it just it fills you with so it's much a, dread. It's sort of. And like, it's the it's the kind of, like as as like as as horror fans, not just people who go to you know. I mean, like when a when a when a horror movie is at the theater, you're gonna get all kinds of people out. People who are just casual moviegoers people who might not even like horror that much they want to see that typical like cookie cutter hollywood end wherever you know like there's at least somebody who who lives through the whole ordeal i believe you're speaking of um nickelback fans <laughs> probably those, those are the people that like <laughs> love a good explained ending <laughs> sure but i don't know what that means but the but <laughs> the the type of ending the original ending the one that i that i first saw on on dvd that just fills you with dread, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" That's the kind of ending I like. Yeah, I agree. I completely you know? agree. Because it's 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 just and more it leaves real. And just going, "Ugh!" Yeah. Like, 
That's the kind of ending that sticks with you. And that ending in particular, because like you said, there was sort of like this psychological twist. And then you think you think things are kind of good, and then you get sucked back into reality, and so, it's not good. And you're like, oh, shit. Speaking and it of just it, sticks with you for days. Speaking of it being psychological, though, one of the things I was reading uh, about this, thank God for the internet. I don't know what I would do without the internet, learning about films and different theories and this and that. Uh, you and, probably talk to your friends a lot more because you spend a lot of time on your phone just sitting and looking at things. That's it. You're right. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, one of the things, this isn't even a theory. This is, it started as a theory, is, is that uh, all the creatures were figments of Sarah's imagination mm -hmm. and that she was the one who was actually doing all the killing. Really? Because the descent could be taken as her descent into madness oh. after all the tragic things that happened in her life and this and that. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was actually a scene in the movie that gave that credence. Really? And Neil Marshall, upon hearing uh, hearing analysis of his movie, he took it out because he didn't want it. Do you know what the scene is? I don't. I don't. Oh. It was it was one of those it was one of those IMDb trivia things. So you know, most of those I I'm, we're going off the internet here. Sure, so yeah, yeah. Whatever. But like, um, it makes sense though because that very end psychological scene of the uncut ending sort of plays on that. Yeah. So if you think about it, I mean, hmm. granted, now that the sequel exists, the whole yeah, it's all you know the the, the it's all um, messed up. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? The story of the whole thing is is all out of whack now because if, if that was the original intention at least. Right. Because now they have the sequel and, and it explains everything and yada yada. I personally but, like, I mean like, I I don't mind a like a weird psycholo psychological twist on things, but for this particular movie, I, I like the monsters. I do too. You know? I, I think he agreed with that. That's probably why right. he took it out. The monsters yeah. are they're too good to be fake. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So if you've if you've never seen The Descent, somehow you've never seen it, uh, yeah, go rent it. Buy don't even don't rent it. Buy it. You'll 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 thank us later. Plus the the cover art for the like the uh, they they did a, a a recreation of a very famous Salvador Dali. Oh yeah, picture yep. where it's the women kind of in different positions mm -hmm. and and like when you look at it as a whole, it makes a, a skull. They did that same thing for this cover. I thought it was just awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, anyway, we spent quite a bit of time on that one. Let's move on to another movie, huh? Well-deserved, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well-deserved. Oh, I could probably do an entire episode about The Descent, to yeah. be honest with you. I love that movie. All right, so uh, I'll talk about one that uh, you didn't watch. How about that? Okay. So I watched a movie called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Or A Girl Walk. yeah. Yeah, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. There you go. I've actually been meaning title. to watch this movie title. for a long time. I, I will be a little bit more brief on this because it's not so much of an actual horror movie as much as it has horror elements. Uh -huh. um, I don't think that it's a secret. It's a vampire movie. Maybe that's a secret. Maybe I just gave it away. I don't know. Um, I always and stuff. I always um, knew that it was a vampire movie, so I guess maybe whatever. Um, but it's about it's it's weird. It's it's uh, spo it's a Persian movie. So it's all it's uh, all the actors are Iranian, mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be an Iranian movie, yet it takes place in Southern California. Okay, it's a really weird like uh, it's big mashup of of. But you know it takes views. place in SoCal. It looks like SoCal, absolutely. Okay. Um, so this movie is about a guy uh, who. They live in this city called Bad City, and he he's walking by certain areas, and there's just like dead bodies all in the in pits and stuff. Like the whole city's gone to shit. People are dead. There's drug dealers, prostitution, 
uh, you know, it's just a bad, bad place to be. Not unlike Detroit, maybe 15 years ago. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, shut up. We love Detroit. <coughs> I'm saying shut up to me. Um, shut up myself. <laughs> so it's about this guy, though, who's just trying to make ends meet. His father is addicted to what seems to be heroin. Uh, he's not having a good go. He's trying to make a life at it. And he gets weirdly involved in drugs and whatnot. But, and then he meets this girl who just skateboards down the street every night. And she is she's the main antagonist of the film. She's the okay. vampire. And uh, it's basically about their connection and their... Just like how they relate yeah. together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And but like I said, the weird thing about the movie, like I was saying, though, is it's... It's Iranian, but it's set in SoCal. And uh, the director, uh, her name is uh, Anna Lily Amapur. Amapur, am I saying her name right? Amapur, I believe that's how you say her name. You know, basically the way that she describes this movie is, you know, the way that she sees the world as, as an Iranian is, I see the world through Iranian eyes. I live in SoCal. I see these mansions. I also see the culture of our, you know, it's like this whole movie oh, is, sure. is kind of her combined version of what she sees the world as. Sorry. I was gone for a sec. Like you actually, you actually said, cause you, you started telling me about this a couple nights ago yeah. when you had only watched uh, like half of it. So, and cause that's the, not the impression that, that I got, but I always heard that it was based in America. So you're saying that it actually was based in America. Yeah, well, it takes place in America, but it's absolutely an, an Iranian movie, okay. Persian movie. Like, yeah, like it's spoken in. There's an. I, I forgive me. I don't know the actual name of the the language that they're speaking. It's not Iranian. There's another name for it. Urdu. Maybe, Maybe? that could be know. it. That could be it. I'll corrections for next week. But um, it's all spoken though in in another language. Yeah. It's it's very much from the perspective of somebody from the Iranian worldview you know what i'm saying right, but it right. takes place in america so it's very it's it's this weird like sewn together version of what how she how the director sees the world and it's fascinating from that point of view it's very much an art movie too you know it's very artsy very sorry it's like it, it is the persian language oh it's persian yeah i feel like in one of the in one of the interviews that i watched with, with the director though she called it something else oh okay so then maybe there's like a like a, a sub name for it or something like yeah. for, for whatever dialect that it's in okay. uh, so to speak sure no pun intended <laughs> so to speak <laughs> um, no it's a, it's a it's a great movie like i said it's more of a romantic drama with horror elements yeah now that being said there's a couple of scenes in particular when she she meets this little there's a little boy that's running around that's constantly ask, constantly asking for money mm -hmm. from the main character and the uh, the girl sees him on the street one time. She crouches down next to him, and she whispers into his ear. And her voice goes from like normal girl voice to like voice of Satan. Really? Like it's creepy. <laughs> it's really creepy. And like there's only there's spots of that throughout the movie, but ma the majority of the movie is like I said, romantic drama. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about it because it's not totally horror. This is also Do the very. You, uh, I, I I almost like when you describe that. I when I saw um, Let the Right One In. Yeah. Would you kind of compare it to that? Because oh, yeah. Let the Right One In. I mean, it was a horror movie, but it was like it really kind of was more like a drama about a relationship yes. between the two main characters. I would definitely put them as like with, cousin films with like horror elements, sure. kind of. In relation, in relation only in tone, but yes, yeah, yeah. okay. They're very similar. Uh, Let the right one in is is way more horror. Like, there's a lot more horror elements in that one. Um, the music in this movie is fantastic yeah. too. Like a lot of it, a lot of it is Persian, and a lot of it is 
like it, it, it re it's reminiscent of like 90s grunge music sort of like gin blossoms kind of like pop grungy kind of like stuff mixed together or there's or there's persian and then there's the 90s gin blossoms there's both and then there's mixed together oh. I don't know, it's a great soundtrack right on. um and this is also the very first movie that spectre vision put out uh, that's Elijah Woods' yes, company. Yes, Elijah. Cool. Well, yes, well, the his, company that he is him involved and, in. Him and, we should he, probably. He might smack you for saying that it's his company. <laughs> we should um, probably learn the names of the other two guys. Um, point is, though, it was this is their first movie, and it's funny. Uh, in in the girl's house, she has a bunch of music posters because she's you know she loved music. Like there's a comic strip that actually a comic series that actually delves into her history and mm -hmm. how she ended up in Bad City. And uh, she loved music. She and she grew up through all these different eras. So in the movie, she has all these posters on the walls. But because she couldn't get the rights to use the actual faces of the people, there's a Madonna poster. But it's not Madonna. It's a different person in the same pose in a Madonna poster. It's Demana. She wore a Madonna wig. Oh, Demana. <laughs> there's uh, but the, the best one is though. It's just a poster of the Bee Gees. Uh -huh. But it's not the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees. Photoshopped <laughs> over the Bee Gees face are the three guys from Spectre Vision. Yeah. <laughs> so Elijah Woods over Barry Gibbs' body, his That's face. Awesome. Like, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a fantastic movie. You're into these sort of art house, you know, uh, these art housey kind of movies. Whatever, I highly recommend it. If you're not into it, maybe maybe I don't recommend it because you might not like it, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it though. I cool. thought it was great. Yeah, it's, I, I've, I'm, I'm gonna watch it soon because I've been wanting to for a long, long time. Real, real quick before I, before I finish up on this, uh, <clears throat> there's a drug dealer in it, and I'm looking at him. I go, this guy looks exactly like Ninja from this, Die Antwoord. This guy exactly. looks exactly like my drug dealer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know who Ninja is, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who, who I, I know a guy named Ninja, but a uh, different <laughs> guy named Ninja. Uh, he looks exactly like him though, and. Uh, I come to realize I watched uh, a whole making of thing on this movie. Yeah, that the drug dealer was completely modeled after Ninja. Like, oh, really? It was her, it was her version of him. Um, well, being that she was so into music. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She's a huge Diane Ward fan. Yeah. And uh, he's got a big tattoo on the side of his face that's in uh, Iranian language, Arabic, or whatever whatever dialect it is. I'm not sure the name of it, but um, it's funny. Like it literally uh, translated to English, it literally says. Pussy stretcher. Gee. <laughs> Gigantic. The, the best part, though, is that she had her mother draw that on the side of the guy's face because her mother knew how to do the language. <laughs> there you go. Pretty funny. Pretty funny stuff, Bob. But yeah, a girl walks home alone at night. Highly recommend it if you're into that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So I pulled up something. There was a, uh, not a movie, but uh, based on our topic, women in horror Absolutely. and all that. Uh, there's a lady named Haley Detroit. I'm not quite sure if she's from Detroit or not. Is she not. from Grand Rapids? <laughs> Haley Grand Rapids. <laughs> I, I, Haley Grand Rapids. I could not actually find if she was from Detroit or not, but she um, uh, she started a group called uh, Coven Effects. I believe a, it's pronounced Coven. Coven, Caven, Coven, Coven, Coitus, whatever. That was for Vito, uh, by the way. <laughs> you know, so basically, she got this group of uh, females together, and they started their own uh, effects makeup Ooh, company. That's cool. Um, based out of California. Um, and they, they all have backgrounds in, in different areas, and uh, so so that it's going to be a, a female-driven uh, effects makeup group, and uh, you know, they're opening this year. You know, I watch uh, I watch a show on Sci-Fi called Face Off, yeah. which is a uh, it's a special effects makeup competition show. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. If you've never watched it, I down like the twelfth season. It's amazing. Um, 
honestly, some of the best artists to come off that show though are are a lot of the women artists. Yeah. And uh, when you when you brought this up, I was almost wondering if maybe some of them had something to do with it because a lot of times you hear these people go off and they do big things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I just, yeah. So ba- basically, they have backgrounds and like I said, uh, I think there was three girls total that were that were starting this company together. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley came through and said, "Hey, I want you. I want you." Let's start this company up, and uh, they have um, their own special line of uh, women's prosthetic masks or silicone masks, like made specifically for women. Or... Yes, uh, that's kind of what I got out of it. Okay, uh, maybe possible corrections if I'm wrong, <laughs> and if I'm wrong, then throw some stuff on social media and be like, "Hey, stop talking stuff." <laughs> you sexist um, pig. <laughs> maybe maybe we can finally do an interview and get a hold of Haley Detroit. That'd be, that would be awesome, for yeah. sure. You know, uh, but they're doing a uh, they're a GoFundMe right now because they're starting this up, trying to get it going for sometime mid-spring summer of this year to get that company rolling as like a powerhouse in the special effects makeup industry. That's awesome. awesome. And uh, uh, everything Be- from makeup, prosthetics, uh, anything that fo- follows into that uh, category. That's really cool. I mean, because the special effects world, it, it, for, for years and years and years, it was predominantly... Male driven, yeah, sure, you know? sure. yeah. Well, well because, yeah. because I mean, like, even if there were uh, women who were into like gore and special effects and stuff like that, I mean, they maybe they didn't always come to the forefront. And that's not to say that there weren't women working though. Like, you have effects oh, artists no. like V. Neal, for example, yeah. who is oh, yeah. legendary, absolutely Oscar, Oscar award winning VFX artist, yeah. You know? So, but it's uh, but yeah, we've I, all I know we've, we've all seen the we've all seen the documentaries about you know like uh, like K and B and stuff like that where yep. all these guys Savini, were Nicotero and they were all big all rock stars back in the yep. 80s and oh, stuff yeah. like that but uh, yeah, yeah, most not, of them even looked like rock stars like you know, <laughs> exactly. they, they had that persona but 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 with these girls though they they all have like a huge drive for horror like it's, it's one of the passions and that's uh, awesome and it, for their GoFundMe thing if you want to look this up and want to donate to their. Uh, their uh their their cause that they're raising money for it. It's gonna purchase their business licenses, business cards, uh their shop, rent for their shop, whatever they're doing, everything that they need. That's what it's going towards. And you can get a uh, depending on your donation amount, you can get, I believe, signed pictures. Uh, you can get one of their masks, like a custom mask. Was that, um, uh you said it earlier it was uh, a Lucretia mask? Uh yeah, it's one of their uh, custom witch masks that uh, she designed, I believe, or they designed together. Um. And um, yeah, so tons of great prizes if you make a donation to them. And you said uh, you could like one more time. Their name is Coven FX. Okay, cool. Yep, look them up, check them out. New uh, a powerhouse in the special effects coming out this year. Yeah, I, I you know I we'll put it on the Tumblr. It'll be on there to find it. And we'll probably actually tweet it out too because I think this is absolutely a worthwhile thing to donate to. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, cool. Cool. Um, well, hey, speaking of practical special effects, yes, amazing practical special effects. Uh, one of the last movies I wanted to talk about is this movie called Inside from 2007. What? <laughs> inside what? Yeah. What are... uh, just just <laughs> Inside. Uh, this movie was, uh, man, I, I actually my wife uh, told me about it. Which is shocking Sorry. to me. Yeah. Considering I, I've wanted to see this movie for a long time. I've never seen it. I've wanted to and I know what it's about and this sounds like everything that your wife would just never want or anything she, to do with. She told me about it, but she could never watch it. Yeah. She told me about it because she, uh, a friend of hers had mentioned it at, at, at one point in time, but there's no way she could ever watch this movie. No. I actually told her about it after I watched it, and she's like, nope, don't watch it. <laughs> nope. Um, so this movie uh, is about a, a woman who is, uh, she gets in a car accident, um, and then four months after that, uh, she's nine months pregnant. Uh, and 
Because of the car accident? No. <laughs> <laughs> she... that, that thing had a hammy. <laughs> no, she was already pregnant when she gets in the car accident, and then four months later, she's kind of dealing with the aftermath. Um, and then randomly, this woman shows up at her house and torments her for an entire night, and uh, and it gets crazy. Like, the whole movie starts off with uh, just kind of, like, slow and sort of creepy. Like, this woman's just kind of, like, stalking around. So it takes place over the course of one night? One night. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And uh, in in the beginning, like I said, it's just really creepy. Like, just... Give you the give you gives you chills kind of thing, is but it, then there's a there's a shift where it goes from being creepy to just balls out brutal, like one of the most brutal movies I've ever seen, at least in recent memory. And like I said, the the special effects, like the it's all it, as far as I can tell, it's all practical effects. It's like gallons of blood everywhere, just because at certain point, like I should I should mention, like as far as our women in horror theme goes it's not an entirely uh not an entirely entire female cast there uh-huh. are there are men who show up at points in the movie but uh for the most part it revolves around these two characters who are the uh, antagonist and the protagonist the antagonist yeah. and the pro- protagonist are both female obviously the protagonist is the pregnant woman and the antagonist is the other one who they just she's credited as la femme this is a French movie, by the way, Le if you oh, couldn't tell from La Femme. Uh, yeah, La Femme Nikita. French horror is nuts. Uh, it is nuts. Dude, there's this there's was... an entire like subgenre though of like f- like extremist French horror movies. This was probably like High, High Tension, which is another movie, French yeah. movie. Crazy yeah. fucking movie. Absolutely. Yeah, just fantastic. And uh I I don't want to I don't want to say too much about this movie. I think it's one of those movies that you just have to see. Um, but if you're if you're a big fan of uh, blood and gore and extreme violence, and uh, and if you can handle the content in this situation, obviously you're dealing with a pregnant woman, so it, it you know it could it can get a little it heavy. Takes on a completely different right feeling. I would point. definitely say this movie is not for the squeamish. Um, but if you're but if you're looking for a night to remember. This is this is definitely one to go for. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the kind of night to remember that I'm looking for. Well, I mean, nights to remember come in all forms, and this is True. this is one of those forms. It's uh, it's 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 crazy. It is a crazy movie, and uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. But like I said, if you're looking for a good date night movie or something, this is this is not the one. Like I, I'm. I sat down and watched this by myself, and that's probably the best way to watch it. So, anyway, inside, check that's it right. out. All right, well, that's going to, I think we're getting to the end of the uh, yeah. episode here. Yep. A couple of honorable mentions, though, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned this actually just a couple seconds ago, High Tension. Yeah, that's a great uh, two movie. Two female leads in that movie, and it's hyper crazy. Like, chick with a giant buzzsaw. Like, oh, I don't even know what that thing's made for. <laughs> uh, cutting cement. Is it? It's a cement cutter. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she's trying to kill people with it. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, just badass chicks in that movie. Um, and then also you have um, Near Dark, which, which is oh, Catherine, Catherine Bigelow's Bigelow, yeah. like, seminal vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Another fantastic flick. Uh, obviously, we're not going to cover it, but honorable mention, though. I don't yeah. want anyone to think that we didn't, you know. <laughs> some old school some old school ones I mentioned her last last week, but uh, Mary Lambert, 
who did uh, Pet Cemetery yep. movies. Yep. I love those movies as a kid, and I love them still now. Um, I don't know. You got any good? We didn't talk about. I mean, we've, we've talked about the Babadook in the past, but if this, if we're talking about women in oh, horror, geez. just we cannot cement it into your brains enough. If you have not seen Babadook, see it. Yeah, it's probably it's it, it's it, again it's in that like top five movies of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, 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 fantastic. Yeah, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm sure I, there's ones that we're, we're forgetting. Yeah, but. well, I mean, there's a there's a, an entire list that we could rattle off right now, but we are pretty much. Out, of, out time. of time here, and, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, and it's late, and we gotta go. So, yeah. so uh, we will we'll do some more for Women in Horror Month Year Nine next, next year. year. <laughs> that's we that, that's a lofty some. goal. It's a yeah. lofty goal. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think that'll do it. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram at the Buzzkill Podcast. If you want to yell at us and tell us that we're wrong or add something that we didn't cover, you can yak at us at uh, on Twitter at the Buzz at, at the Buzzkill PC. And you can uh, find J Raj over here at www.oceanrecordingstudio.com And make sure if you want to see what we're talking about every week and in physical form, Mikey takes a lot of time out of his very busy week to to put up everything (laughs) (laughs) to put up everything at thebuzzedkillpodcast.tumblr.com That was nice, guys. (laughs) Sounded like sex. And make sure you download the Horror Amino app and find us on there. Find all of our buddies. But uh, Beyond the Veil podcast, Laughing Horror podcast, Exploding Heads. Um, uh, it's just a cool place to get active in the horror community, so hit us up. Uh, also, before we leave, a big thank you to anybody who has contributed to... Uh, we've had a spike in numbers <laughs> the last week and a half or so. Apparently people are listening to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, granted, our numbers are modest still, but, you know... We, uh, on our, our last two episodes ago, we're over 100 already. On our last episode, we're approaching that. And that, it's not huge numbers necessarily, but it's big for us. So a big it, thank you to anybody it, who's It means a lot to, that. to us to know that people are actually listening. Because mm-hmm. when we started this, we didn't think that anyone was going to yeah. listen to yeah. us really. So thank you all to everyone who listens to us. We, uh, it's, it's much appreciated. And if you do listen to us, please like uh, retweet us, share us with your friends. Um, not in a weird way, but you know. Get her name out there. Call us. Come have a beer with us. Yeah, if you yeah, yeah. especially if you're around here. And uh, into that we say. Because if you're not around here, you can't do it though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll fly you we'll, out. We'll schedule you. <laughs> uh, that's uh, it, boys. Cheers. Had a good time. Later. Cheers. <laughs>